I really don't know how to start this episode. I do. Guys, I haven't seen you in forever. Well, I mean, you must be so tall now, Chris. Zach, you've probably grown a beard. I don't know. How are you guys? I actually did grow a beard, and then I shaved it yesterday. Actually, I, I stretched my face into a terrible John Birdthal impersonation, and then used terrible... 21st century CGI to morph it back into Miles Teller. And can I just say, they look scarily alike. Well, also, they the guy was Hispanic, so that was the other thing. Oh. Oh, I oh. didn't think about that. Yeah. Anyways. Mexican <laughs> John okay, hold on. Welcome to the Master Movie Podcast, everybody. I got Alex and Zach here with me. What <laughs> up? Oh my god. I've been dressed Fantastic back for Underworld. <laughs> I went to uh, Underworld and back. It was a scary yep. place. I was not that interested, but I was um it's it's sort of like seeing a car wreck. I didn't I didn't stop and get out of my car and really like look at it. I just sort of drove by and slowed down and noticed some things and then went went on my way. I'm probably I got out of it. my car. Really? You and broke it down. You're gonna break it down. I broke this thing down. Like, well, I think it sort of sense like how the production history is so crazy. I wasn't like sitting there trying to figure out what were reshoots and what were outside of the obvious wig work. But um, I do. I was looking at the just the the structure of this thing, and I I really I really felt. Uh, insulted by the end of this <laughs> yes yes okay on a, on a basic level that's the well, thing like i really before we get too deep, deep I, guess, guess, I guess zach 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 let him finish let him finish let him finish we won't blow our load here just yeah, let him like finish. I, feel, I feel like i i feel like this movie really just what i i I feel like the reason I feel this way is because the first half actually has a little bit of merit to it, and I God, did kind of enjoy this time around. But the second half is such a crapshoot. There's literally Zach said it beforehand. There's nothing to get out of the entire second act of this movie because they make a terrible decision and then they do, and then they just quit. And that's the worst. It would be like if you someone was building you a house, and the further you went upstairs, the tinier it got. And to the point you were just like small and you're like, did you, what happened here? And he's like, ah, I just ran out of wood. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, that's, that's how I kind of see the movie when we talk about it later. But yeah, I have been going on that a there's lot a lot to say. I have a lot to say about fan four stick. Yes. But we've got news and I mean a lot of news and Zach sure will save Star Wars to the end. Excellent. Okay. Fair enough. So go. Let's, let's get started with the obvious thing. Chris got to play a little certain something that I I did, and I've been working on for a while now. Yeah. Well, tell us what it was. There's, okay. You were, so you, this is just so you guys know. This is why Zach hasn't shown up on the podcast as much. He was working on. Call of Duty Modern Warfare. <laughs> and I played it. Yes. yes to completion. Yes, you did. But well, you didn't play multiplayer from what I heard. No, I did not. 
I suck at Siege. So my first question is, Chris, did you see any hidden Zack faces in there? Everywhere. Like, oh, oh my gosh. god. Everywhere. I'm kidding. I didn't see any. Um, <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> they're in there. They're like a hidden Mickey. They're I hid them there. too well. There yeah, it's like a hidden Mickey. Look at babies. Is all saying. Look at babies. And they see Zack face in there. Exactly. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, wow. Just like... First, uh, first and foremost, Chris, I, I believe you should say something to me. Welcome back. Well, beyond that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should. <laughs> I thought just your planet was enough. <laughs> I, I felt like... <laughs> I felt like I deserve a thank you for, for putting my heart and soul onto this thing. <laughs> I mean, yes. how many other? I'm gonna look at the credits and at the very least see how many other people there are, because I want to know how many other people were done. Okay, so I've got a while. Alex, I'll tell you this: there are, from what it looked like, there are as many QA testers in this game than there were like visual effects artists in a Marvel movie. That is that is not surprising and both good. Because you want people to test your product, because gamers are like uh -huh. they hunt for stuff. So like that's yes. good. Uh, that's take the, taking the opinion of of gamers and people who also know the mechanics is very important. I mean, it'd be like if they actually filmed screenings of like first cuts of movies to film critics rather than just random people at a mall. <laughs> Well, they do do that, though. Here, this is a little indie film called Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> you there yeah. with the... You there with... <laughs> but, uh... But you yeah. there. You so, uh, single mom with three kids. You come in so, here. Uh, <laughs> you, you but I don't see this little indie uh, film. It's two and a half hours so, so long. Chris, uh, first off, I, I just want to hear... You know, you know, I know you told me a little bit about it uh, on our chat, but... Uh, yeah. what, Let's tell the fans a little bit about what you thought about the campaign, and then I want to talk actually a little bit about something that's been happening with it, this game actually fairly recently. Oh my... Okay. So in the chat, I posted... I was trying to post, like, movie comparisons to help Alex get a better understanding of it. The best I could, like, come up with is, like... Mary Poppins, I read that. No. Im like, imagine... Act of Valor with several <coughs> in, with several instances of that uh, village scene from Rambo 4. <laughs> um, and uh, that's Modern Warfare in a nutshell. Never, so here's the thing. I've never seen Act of Valor. And, but I do know that it is a basically they used soldiers... And they just they got a Hollywood production for a, a fake mission, a training mission, basically. Uh, it's, but I also understand that it is a good movie and people like it. And I haven't heard it's a bad movie or like, you know, Paris 15, 17, where, you know, Eastwood used the people from that real hostage situation and they can't act worth a lick. No, I, I, I but it just makes me think like, oh, so soldiers murdering people in real life. Cool. No, but like. Does real? I'm just thinking realistic warfare is all. Yes, that very much yeah. so. That's what I'm thinking. 
I saw the Hurt Locker today there, and I think you mentioned that as one of them, too. Yeah, I did. I did mention the Hurt Locker and uh, Zero Dark Thirty. Yeah, okay, so I'm just grounded realism, realistic warfare. Just yes. Realistic warfare. They should put it in the title. They oh, did. Oh, Call of Duty okay. Realistic Warfare. Okay, all right, sweet. Um, <laughs> Call of Duty Active Valor. I think there may be a name transition in there. Like, Active Valor was a few years ago. They probably took that, like, rhythm. From those, the names, game. those names are not terribly different. The same, I think no, it's not one, particularly. One um, the other. Okay. So, um, <laughs> uh, well, Chris, obviously you, you liked it a lot. Yes, I very much did. Best since uh, the first Black Ops. Yes. Um, was it as shocking as I kind of was hyping it up to be a bit? <laughs> I don't think you hyped it enough. You Rainbow Ford? It's like I had the same. It had the same effect on me. Okay, yeah. not as much. Here, uh, but I, if me, I had a similar. Hold on, Chris. Okay. Uh, Alex, to give you a quick idea, uh, spoiler alert to the opening of the game. Fuck all. Uh, the, I, I think I think Alex should go in with an open with an uh, open mind. I don't think open, I can watch a whole playthrough of a of a first person shooter. It, 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 it's okay. not. Okay. All right. Anyways. Uh, anyway, go ahead. The, the game okay. literally watch opens, but I don't. I'd watch a whole get playthrough of that. Anyways, uh, the game literally opens on a suicide bombing at Piccadilly Circus. That's like a big opening to the, to the game oh man it makes me think of when they completely blew up hold london on. in that in uh a gi joe movie hold on <laughs> i want to see if i can <laughs> look it up not even close <laughs> all of london piccadilly circus or hold on no, 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 no. <laughs> i'm just saying it reminds me of that from that movie but then i think about it i'm like well that was all of london so that's tired just saying, the second G.I. Joe movie went too far. Yes. Fantastic uh, Four went too far tonight. I'm going to mention that later. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, I, mean I, think that, uh, I think that it very much uh, opened in a, in a very scary, almost realistic sort of thing where, you know, you have a group of extremists who uh, choose to attack a very highly popular, very known place in a very public way. Like the you know, way... when I think in entertainment, the closest thing I would say not for necessarily a city is, did you guys ever see the movie Children of Men? Yes. No. It reminds me of that. that oh, gosh, Chris. Man, Children of Men is really good. But it opens with um, uh, a bombing in a coffee shop, and it's all in one shot. You follow Clive oh. Owen going to get his coffee while everyone is, like, looking at the news at something that happened that day. Like, everyone's staring at the TV. And then you just watch him walk out because he doesn't care what's on the news, and then right behind him, a bombing goes off. It's just the realism of it yeah. that makes me think of that. Like, it could, it like, when you take a city, it, it uh, like, as in a game, you can make it a city. You just have that kind of scale and scope. You might as well go for it. But the more realistic you make it, uh, the more you care about it, I guess. I yeah. I, I can't really. I guess I'm just trying to think of a good instance of like that kind of realistic depiction in a film. Yeah. That, is, that I've cared about. I guess it's different in games because you are actively involved in the story at that point. Yes. Uh, and that that is actually the beauty of video games as a medium is that 
you get to do things in video games that you don't necessarily get to do in film. It's actually why it's so hard for film to adapt video games is because video games have this sense of experience and realism that you you just can't necessarily get in, in film because you're kind of watching it almost from a third person perspective. But often in video games, you're, you're, you're seeing it from the character perspective a lot more and you're controlling that character and you're making the decisions for that character and you, you get to experience it. And yes, there's a lot of scripted parts to that, uh, and and you know I can talk a little bit later about uh, one of the the, uh, the the scripted pieces that involved waterboarding um, that uh, was right, very sir. what there's surfing in the game sweet yeah. <laughs> oh god um, oh my god but uh, no that's like, I watched some like they mentioned waterboarding in fantastic four too like it's a it's still consider it's still considered a hot topic yeah so there's um there's just a sense of realism that you just can't get in film that you can get in video games uh and i think that's that's more of an experience realism rather than a a believability realism okay Uh, so alex for your later viewing or whenever you're going to view this i'm posting the opening uh cutscene from Modern Warfare. Just watch the first minute, and that's how the game starts. I posted it in the Skype chat. Okay. I'm going to mute while you guys talk poorly about me. <laughs> <laughs> Just watch the first minute, though. Um, um, okay, anyways, uh, so, uh, so yeah, uh, it, it's been a lot of fun working on it. I can't really say too much about what exactly I did for it and what exactly my job entails, but... Uh, but yeah, we, we had a lot of fun working on it, and it's great, and I'm very happy that it critically is getting good reviews. We'll talk a little bit more about the community's opinion of it later, because some stuff's been happening with it that has been not exactly what I would call ideal. Hmm. So, like, to me, I was like, it almost had the same effect on me that Joker did. Except for because I had to sit like after after I had uh, blew up your uh, phone after playing it. Um, was that work? I had, to, I had <laughs> um, I had to like I had to, like I I um, sat back and uh, thought about it, and really it was just like. The more I thought about it, it was just like, okay, I know it's not moment to moment, but it just felt at times like it was trying to shock me. Yeah. But the more I, like, even if it's kind of unearned at points, but like, I just realized, like, I guess that's the price of trying to be realistic is that you lose some of the, some of the connectivity. Yeah. And I think, uh, that's been a lot of people's complaints about the campaign overall is that it's shocking for the sake of being shocking, but that's just what it's like. That's what real right. life is like. It's there's no cohesion. There's well, no cohesion I, to it. I mean, there's, there's, that's the argument that you could also make for Joker. People are yeah. saying that it since it's derivative of Scorsese and it's the same basic story beats, same character um, trajectory and journey 
as a couple of Scorsese movies that people are looking at it and going, ah, this is derivative and there's nothing behind well, it outside want, of the style of realist Right? No, I'm, I'm thinking of, of Taxi Driver and I would say Mean Streets and also just, I mean, you could make this, you could make the argument that Martin Scorsese has made the same story over and over again. It doesn't necessarily mean that the stories aren't compelling and interesting or that the characters aren't worthy of stories themselves, but he tends to focus on people that are terrible and how they get into their worlds that are so ten that are so temptation driven. How does someone like run a casino but then accidentally get involved in the mob? Well, greed. How does someone get involved in the mob in the first place? First place. Well, yeah. the mob life looks great until you start murdering people. How do you get into Wolf of Wall Street and start taking money from people? Well, the Quaaludes and the Margot Robbie naked body. There's a lot of things involved. So yeah. like, he tells the story over and over again, and he looks at superhero movies and say that they're derivative to a certain extent, too. Well, yes, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the story at hand doesn't have something to say. Having just seen the opening thing there um, to Modern Warfare, it reminds me a lot of something that you would see on like the Jake Ryan series on Amazon, which is Jack not, Ryan, I think, yeah. yeah. Not not trying to necessarily say it's a bad thing. It's just I think that's what you would probably see there. There's a sense of style. You don't see the whole city go. You see it from the bomber's perspective. So you get both a human a human approach, but you also get who you are going to be fighting in this game. Yeah. And more importantly, and I think this is the most important thing, how the bomber is portrayed, how he's positioned, and how his body goes. You get everything from the attitude of him just lifting his hand and clicking the trigger. Like, you get an idea of who these people are. They're committed. They're into this. And to a certain extent, they kind of like it. And that's how you know you're fighting bad people. All of those subtleties are there. But uh, I don't think I look at that and think that this is at a cost of realism. But I think that's because we're American and we have the privilege to say that because we don't live in Syria or a war, like, war-torn country that's just getting wreaked havoc by religious extremists so we have the ability to say oh this is fiction to us we can add that sense of realism and be okay but you know there's probably a large group of people who would look at that and be like wow that reminds me of people that i've lost in my life so it doesn't necessarily mean that the story isn't compelling because i don't know where it goes from here but like i there's a there's a point to adding a sense of realism and i, I after looking at that you can like tell they're trying to get you an idea of what you're fighting against and that's important, like visually and short and quick. That's important. What what's the um, uh, morals and ethics of that? I don't know. I don't know the whole story or what you make these characters do. Um, speaking of the characters, they're great. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> so like, well, so what is the story? What what's the okay. what's the mission? So the I uh, yeah, if Zach, you probably describe it better. I, I think point <laughs> a little bit. Say that again. Sorry. You mind if I take point on this one a little bit? I told you to take point. Go. <laughs> oh, excellent. So, uh, Story of Modern Warfare is basically uh, you follow two characters. You follow CIA officer Alex. Uh, who hey. is me. Yay! Yes. Uh, you play for Chad Michael Collins. Uh, he has my name. Sorry, go ahead. Um, who basically uh, is. Uh, he is going into a local uh, militia ran by uh, two siblings, uh, Farhan Hadir, who uh, are basically trying to defend their home country 
from uh, a Russian extremist. While uh, on the other half of it, you get uh, SAS. Do you know uh, what the SAS is, Alex? Yes. I do not. I do not. Uh, oh, really? The SAS, <laughs> the SAS is... I'm willing to say when I don't know something. I mean, that's uh, exactly how I learned forces. how the world was made. Uh, they're British Special Forces, basically. Sweet. Uh, I didn't know that. Uh, and then the other half is you're following uh, British Special Forces' Kyle Garrick, who has been uh, hunting down a group of extremists known as Alcatala, who, you know, sounds a lot like a extremist group that we have fought as uh, America for many years, uh, in also who are operating out of the same country that uh, Alex and Farah and Hardier are in. And basically it comes to this conclusion that at the end of the day you find out that uh, two sides are basically fighting against the Russians, which is the... Uh, which is the um, uh, the the militia and the extremists, and the U.S. is trying to aid what seems to be a more formal uh, attempt at it, which is the uh, the the militia, and it ends up with a betrayal that ends with a murdering of a Russian general that leads into what we believe to be the the first Modern Warfare game at the end of it. If I find out. That the Alex in this game is a betrayer. I'm gonna I'm gonna write some letters because Alexes don't do that. <laughs> Alexes don't do that. If he does that, I don't know yet because I haven't played the game. Um, but uh, actually, on the topic of this, on the topic of uh, this, I actually want to talk about uh, some feedback that we as a company. Uh, having in actually, <laughs> well, no, this is a, this is actually kind of a big deal actually, um, about the fact that this game has you been spoken getting... to your lawyer before you make a comment. No, uh, that this game has oh been boy. getting. Hey guys, shut up. Oh boy, seriously. <laughs> uh, We're just giving you a hard time because you created something amazing. God, no, th- we this actually. We're gonna get serious here for a minute though. Okay, take it away. Uh, this this has been getting review bombed uh, due to its portrayal of the Battle of the Highway of Death, which was a actual battle that happened uh, between the United States forces, Russian forces, and I believe at the time Iraqi forces in, uh, I think, 2009, uh, where uh, basically uh, what... So I'm going to explain what happened in the game, and then I'm going to explain what actually happened, because this is going to be the best thing. So what happens in the game is that the U.S. and uh, local militia forces uh, end up attacking a group of, uh, of um, uh, I'm sorry, no, uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm very confused here, I'm mixing this up. So the Russians end up attacking uh, the U.S. and the, uh, and the local militia forces, uh, basically uh, dealing a large uh, blow to them. This happens about halfway through the game a little bit. And uh, apparently a lot of people in Eastern Europe did not take that very lightly, that, uh, that creative differences very well. And they've actually been review bombing it because... They don't appreciate that Russians, as a people, are always portrayed as villains. And that in the actual Battle of the Highway of Death, it was actually Russians who were attacked by U.S. and militia forces. 
And they are not very wild about a game that's trying to portray itself as very realism, is not necessarily showing the U.S. as this uh, very almost sketchy organization. Really? And rather, <laughs> they're trying to, uh, they're trying to uh, portray the U.S. as these people are coming in to be saviors and all this stuff, and that the British for, uh, SAS and the United States Marines are not at fault, functionally. Okay, so this is this is what I would say to that. First of all, yeah. when I when I hear review bombing, yes, I, I think that that's like intentional people are attacking the game for that reason secretly yes. or also yes, 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 I yes, think yes, that's, that's exactly. Great, also, um, I do think um, if that's true and there and there are and there are U.S. and British forces that did what they say they did, and that is an accident in the game. They have every right to complain about it, and I also do think that's pretty uh, shady to do in the first place, because if anyone doesn't know about that, um, then something bad could happen. For example, Watchmen pre- premiere, uh, premiered the entire show with a historical event that not very many people know about, so there's a delicacy that they had to do, because they're writing a fictional show, but they're using a real event to put in there that not very many people know about, so the the level of fiction and nonfiction is that's a blurred line that's going to get clear throughout the years. And I get why people, whether they're from Eastern Europe or from here, and think that's shady or not. But my third point would be, what did you expect from a game that is absolutely uh, given free will by the U.S. military? Sorry, if you if you are like if the U.S. military are involved with your video game, they're not going to let you portray the U.S. military as people who do that. It's still not going to happen. Sorry. It's just... It's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the way it is. It's one of those things where it's like, I understand your frustration. I do. I really do. But at the same time, you got to understand that this is an American video game. It's going to be portrayed with a certain sense of glory to American soldiers rather than Russian soldiers. And I understand you're frustrated, but that doesn't mean you go on forums and you give it a zero for this one silly reason when, when I don't think it's, what? I don't, I think, I think you can have a reason to not like a game for like, for example, if someone were to say um, that they were watching a movie and there was a rape scene in it, they didn't like that. And it ruined the movie for them. And they go on there and they're like, zero out of some. I didn't think this movie was going to have a rape scene in it, and it did, and I didn't like it. So I think it's a zero. They have every right in the world to do it. Does it suck that the internet makes those voices loud? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Louder than they should be. Well, but at I the end of the day, that, I don't think, I think this is a silly reason. Like, that, that is, that's the shady military reason that we don't have a Melee Massacre movie. That's why, like... That's why they defend. That's why they compete, completely fund movies that make their instrument of the military arsenal look great. That's the. That's why Top Gun. Like a bunch of people went into the military after Top Gun because Top. Like the military was like totally make our job look amazing, like sell our war for us. Yes, that's I mean, what. This I, I mean, I, I think at the same time though, like it should be on companies like Metacritic and whoever who do compile all this. To understand when someone is trying to legitimately bring a valid concern, and when you're just getting two thousand and people, rev- two thousand six hundred people review bombing something because they have yeah. a general issue, and they're all from the same group of people. I, I disagree. It's not their job. Their job is to com- 
bring a place for every voice to come in and give your opinion. It's your opinion as the person who goes and looks at user reviews to actually look at the reviews. That's why I don't like Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes because all my dad does is he'll go to the TV and go, oh, that's a popcorn, that's a thumbs up, that's a Rotten Tomato. And it's like you're not even listening to what people are saying. So yep. it's it's on the person who's like looking for uh, opinions in the first place, which is why I look for like criticisms from actual game reviewers that I trust. Like I don't know anything about games, but I certainly know when someone's telling me something earnest and intelligent and like about the subject at hand, rather than just going, well, you know, this event was in it and I didn't think that was portrayed pretty well. But outside of that, the game was pretty well. Like there are movies that have terrible things in them because of the time period that they were made. Don't excuse that. Just say that it's there and then critique the piece of art for what it is. So I agree. It sucks yes. that people are like taking the entire whole and not looking at it that certain way. But you also have to take responsibility for the fact that you are playing a game that is meant first and foremost to yeah. sell you the idea of being a soldier. That's it. Like, it may be a game, but the reason it is as realistic and as fun and as interesting and as equipped as it is is because it's a commercial at the same time. So, like, I, you have to see what you're getting. Like, would that if I was grading it and that was in there and I knew that and I knew the history of the event, I would probably give it, like, a B. And if I was writing a review, I'd say, hey, that's actually kind of shady, but it's also trying to sell you a war. Like, I'm not going to war anytime soon. I'm 33 and I'm smarter than that. But this is also sold to 14-year-old kids. So you got to be careful, guys. Yes, and I, and I understand that. I mean, and I, I, I personally, you know, user, I have, I have, me being someone who works for the company, everything, everyone is constantly asking me, well, blah, 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 is this true, blah, blah, and I say, just play the game, honestly. Like, if you genuinely play the game and you believe that, then that's on you to believe it because it is your opinion. But... The other thing that people also got to understand is that I'm going to have a very different opinion than everyone because I've been working on this project for a very, very long time, and I also have an understanding of what's going on. Well, I'm going to ask you two things here then. A, you don't have any responsibility for story or for that moment in particular. Like, I mean, be yeah. honest. You don't have any say in that. So my second question is, honestly, how yes. do you feel about that? Like, um, whatever project, come on, like, don't you so think that's a little weird? I come from, uh, as you guys know, I come from a film background, so I understand taking creative liberties with your story, and obviously, the country that this game takes place in doesn't exist. The, the particular road that this happens on doesn't exist. They used a name that is used for a road that ha that is in Iraq, and they used it for creative means, and I think taking creative liberties to do what you choose to want to do with it is your prerogative to do. So, so you're saying that they took the road and the incident and the date and the time, and they put it in a fake country? No, I'm not even saying they did the road. They they didn't even take the road. They took a road. They took a name, and they set up a situation that was similar to one that happened in real life, and they used it their creative liberties to do what they chose to want to do with it in their in their fake country in their fake country yes what the hell are we talking about <laughs> thank you <laughs> what the hell are we talking about 
that apparently this happens in a real country, but it doesn't happen in a real country. This is why. Why, why aren't we talking about a single film that's used 9/11 imagery since that? What the hell are we talking about? People being stupid and reviewing the game bad because they can, not because they should. Okay, yeah, no, that's just stupid reason to argue about a video game. Yeah, no, yeah, that's... Oh, my God, I thought you were actually saying that they portrayed it in the game and then lied no, about it. No, this it's is a big like, country, and they used a name that was an actual... Of course, because the heroes, it's an American game produced by the military. Who? Oh, God, what are we talking about? Jeez. Now that I realize you told me that the sky is blue, I'm wondering what we've been talking about the past 15 minutes. Mr. Blue Sky. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree, Zach. That's a very stupid... Yeah. It's, it's like, <sighs> okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you feel like Russians are always bad guys and that, that the Americans did a shady thing one time and they're kind of bringing back old memories and making it worse. But who gives a shit? It's a fake game in a fake country. About the American military, who in the British military, who gives a shit? Yeah, now, if I mean, only we can. The... <laughs> now, if only we can get uh, Dwayne the I'm Rock. Sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry that we don't get Russian good guys. I'd love to see Russian good guys for once, but it's never gonna happen. Exist, exist in Bond movies. They're out there. Um, Metro Exodus. I, no, the Metro serious. series, Zach. What? The Metro what? series. I, again, man, people are complaining about shit. It's not my prerogative to tell you whether you're right or wrong, but you're stupid. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say. Listen, I played that sequence without any, without any of the context that people are mentioning in their supposed oh, backlash. Okay, I just, play, I, just thought, I just thought it was a really cool... I just thought it was a pretty cool sniper level. <laughs> I agree! People are flipping out about stupid things. <laughs> I didn't even know the context. I, no, no, no. Yes, if there's no, if if people are saying that they they created this event that's like sort of like this thing that happened in real life and it offends me, then that's dumb and you are dumb because that's not how art works. Like that's just if they portray the actual event and they lie about it, then that's irresponsible. Oh. And like, you shouldn't do that. Even at the, even but they at the didn't do that. game, they're like, this was, they, they say this was inspired by things that happened. This is not real things. It's not even real things. It's, they take, based on. yeah, it's based on, on accounts. It's not anything. Well, it's not even. It's like, it's storytelling. It's even the pieces of it. Yes, yeah. exactly. It's every story every. since then. It's like every, any sort of yeah. messiah's story any g any jesus christ uh, uh, analogy there's dude jesus christ superstar is the greatest you. movie ever i'm more of a godspell fan i understand your opinion on that to be wrong anyways anyway anyways uh i, I wanna, really liked it I, I, so let's let's move away from our warfare a bit i want to talk about two other games for you stopping us from arguing about christian musicals how dare you i, I know right uh <laughs> I, I, I Zach was moving that. away first. Uh, in my I want to talk about one other thing. This is actually <laughs> something, Alex. I I really want to encourage you to look into this game because I think this is oh. the one game in all of video games right now that I think should have a movie made around it and should be made genuinely. And I think it would be really great. Hey, um, he plays the pronoun game, and he won't say it until. Oh. I want to talk real quick about the news that's associated with this game, and that's that The Last of Us 2 got pushed back till May. Ah, uh, yes. But 
Uh, no, because it was supposed to come out in February. I wanted it to come out in February, but it's coming out in May. Deal with it. Yes. Uh, Chris, what if I told you Star Wars got pushed back a year? How would you feel? I when Force Awakens? No, wait. When was it? Was it Force Awakens that got pushed back? No, no what got pushed back? It was Episode Eight that got pushed back. No, none of them got pushed back. No, yes, they did. All the films. No, no. Here's the deal. Here's the, like when Episode Eight was gonna come out. It was gonna come. It was supposed to come out the May after Rogue One. Oh, whatever. And then they pushed it to December, and I was pretty bummed. Um. Yeah, you were. Now imagine if today, Chris, they said Rise of Skywalker is not coming out in December. It's coming out in May. How would you feel? I'd be pissed. Um, yeah, well, that's how I feel right now. So go f- yourself. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, Chris, you didn't realize we didn't realize how big of a Last of Us fan he is. Man, I'm a Last of Us fan. Uh, yeah. No, yeah. but uh, yeah. but the Last of Us is a really Alex. If you've never, have you heard? I know of what the last. You He's have, heard of it. He's so heard you it. heard of it? Have you? It's been around long enough for me to know it. It's a great story. It's the one where you're a big yellow circle and you eat eat fruit and get chased by ghosts, right? Some, <laughs> oh yeah, no, and there's a baby in your throat. Sorry, uh-huh. them. Yeah, uh, no, but uh, Last of Us, in my opinion, is one of the greatest video games ever made. It, it really is. It's a well, wonderful. Speak highly on it. It's it's a wonderful story with um an excellent cast that uh that really lends itself well to filmmaking as weird as it is uh the sequel is probably going to be very similar to that and i'm really excited um and i'm very sad that I got pushed back uh, it still blows my mind that the same guys who made crash bandicoot made the last of us yeah and man adapt, know, or right? adapt or die adapt or die you can't still be making crap you can't still make Crash Bandicoot anymore, man. You gotta grow like make Dude, grow gotta like be, a flower. Gotta, gotta make those mutant marsupials, man. <laughs> when, when I, whenever I run into, <laughs> whenever I run into something like that, whenever somebody says like that, I just, I always think of South Park. South Park is the greatest uh, example of adapter die in, in the medium of storytelling ever. It is, it's one of the most important sitcoms for the mere fact that it grows to both accept the choices of its audience of its era as well as just as artists they have grown as storytellers they've grown to the point that they like teach classes on storytelling and like about how all of the storytelling has problems it's insane yeah i i I, it's really really crazy though because for a while they were they were they were writing directing shooting and doing everything on that show in like a week a week before they released But not only, it's not only that, it's just like at a certain point they were like done with episode per episode stuff. They're like, you know what? Television is serialized now. You want to get your audience to keep coming back? You got to tell a season-wide story. And they and they like stumbled the first couple seasons and now they're like really good at it. And it's yeah. just when I like it, it, it impresses me and it does amaze me that someone could go from like Crash Bandicoot to The Last of Us. At the end of the day, it's like. Those are the people that people should be studying. Those are the those are the ones that people should be like. That's the person. That's the person like, who knows that they're going to keep making stuff thirty years from now. Yes. Um. So yeah. Uh, do uh. So let's move away a little bit from video games and start talking about normal news. Yeah. yeah normal, normal news. Normal film news. 
How about uh, that impeachment, huh? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm Dude, I'm all about it. Let's go. <laughs> no, uh, if you guys can't don't, tell, don't, most of us are Democrats here. Don't. Chris, don't, don't get me. Don't go into it, please. Don't. All I want to do is talk about Anderson. All I want to do is talk about Anderson. I should not have made what that you, joke. What are you going to talk about real quick? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I, don't, I, I do follow the impeachment news. I think it's important, but that's not what we're here about. We're here about <laughs> fantastic <laughs> four stick. Move news. Go to movie news, please, for the love of God. Uh, so I get believe, me out of here. Uh, hold on, I do actually have some uh, some actually good things. So a couple uh, TV shows premiered in uh, the last couple weeks. Um, we we got uh, Watchmen. Watchmen uh, actually premiered. I think what was it three weeks ago now, Alex? I hear it's good. It's oh yeah three because yeah and then um his dark materials also premiered pretty quick here now I think uh, last night on HBO yeah HBO has a couple really good premieres yeah uh, and then the first uh, reviews of the Mandalorian no it was the, no what happened was they screened a half an the first half an hour of the first episode to critics did they. Yes. Okay. I wasn't sure exactly what they screened. I know that some reviews had gone out talking about it a bit. And apparently, there's a bombshell. I don't really want to talk too much about it because I'm actually getting Disney Plus. I'm going to watch that show week to week. Yes, uh, I know. But I, but from everything I hear about it, it's good, and I, and it's a and it's a and it's a good show of um a form for Star Wars, which is did, I think what a lot of people want. Did you guys watch? I heard the trailer the, that just it, came out. The, the the for the movie, for the oh, Mandalorian. Uh, I don't think I've seen any recent ones outside of the ones that they've been showing on TV lately. Yeah. I see. Okay. Uh, yeah. So uh, I think it looks good. Uh, Chris, what do you what did you think of the reviews about it without getting too spoilery? <laughs> so close. It. I don't know yet. You want it? I want the Mandalorian. Okay. Dude, come on. He wants the Mandalorian. Um, there is a book coming out on uh, Tuesday. There is a show coming out in two weeks. There's a video game coming out in two weeks. And there is a movie coming out in two months. Wow, this it's is... almost like it's almost like Twin Peaks for me, actually. At the same and then time. it's never happening again. <laughs> it's going to happen we'll, we'll all the time. It. And But we'll get to that. Uh, this is going to happen more with more no, content. No, no, no. Hold on. We're saving Star Wars for last, okay? We're saving that for last. Okay, I want to talk about... Uh, so, I just want to quickly talk about The Mandalorian because it was kind of in TV news, and, and okay. it's kind of showing sure off. I want to be very brief about it because I know okay. Chris wants to talk about Rise of Skywalker soon. Uh, oh, not just that. One, one other thing I want to mention is we got our first actual like full-length trailer of The Witcher. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I heard. Uh, I haven't watched it with uh, audio yet. I only watched the visuals uh, because I because I, I saw it at work and um, it looks cool. I'm what? I've got hope for this show. Uh, what do you I, think of um, What do you think of uh, Henry Cavill in the bathtub? He looks great. <laughs> okay, now I have to without any sound. Hold on. Hold on. Does he have a mustache or not? No. no. 
He does not. Oh, <laughs> he, that is a missed opportunity. I will admit. <laughs> Chris, Chris, Alex sounds so depressed. Um, <laughs> what are you talking about? He wasn't seeing Henry Cavill in a bathtub. No, but uh, <laughs> honestly, Henry Cavill against looking, me in a bathtub. Looking at the the trailer now and seeing it go, uh. Henry Cavill's my Gerald of Rivera. I'm gonna be honest. Uh, I I'm sold on this guy. I he looks great. Um, okay. it looks good. I'm very excited to see where it goes. It looks like it's getting it's hitting the right notes for the series. Um, and I'm excited to see what's going on further. And I'm really excited to see it on Netflix. Well, they think I was gonna ask where is it, Eric? It's in Netflix. It's on Netflix. Is it on uh, it? It's on Netflix. Hey, wait, wait. Like, like, I can go watch it right now. No, it's not on Netflix now. Oh, okay. You December 20th. <laughs> you Chris, stop playing with me. Don't play the games with It's Netflix. It. It's going to be Netflix's answer to The Rise of Skywalker because it comes Sorry. out the same day. Sorry, I'm like, on a, I went uh, on Netflix to check it while, before Chris confirmed it. <laughs> I was like, oh. All right. Uh, do we have any other news we want to brief over before we get to the the big one? Oh my uh, god! Honestly, <laughs> I don't think so. Hold on, hold on. I can't give any. We have missed two weeks, right? Uh, oh, oh wait, a wait, wait, wait! I, got, I okay. Nothing that's really stuck with us. Like, there, like David Lynch got his Oscar. He got his honorary Oscar. Yeah. Get all his co-stars and people come and say speeches and stuff, and they'll air footage when the Oscars happen later. But it happened, and I have a speech right here. He said, "Thank you very much, Academy. You have a beautiful face." That sounds like something he'd get. Wait, what did he say? He said, "Thank you very much, Academy. You have a beautiful face." <laughs> I am totally ripping that. Out of where you ask it, baby. <laughs> I'm totally ripping that one. <laughs> I'm gonna steal that too for sure. Um, that's uh, that's that's great to me. <sighs> I did mm. see Watchmen. I saw the Watchmen premiere, and I highly, highly recommend it. Um, when I watched it, it got me right back interested in the story again, and I watched bits and pieces of the movie, and I realized this is a bad movie, but a faithful adaptation, and it shouldn't have been a movie. Oh my god, it shouldn't have been a movie. And then I rewatched the motion comic and I was like, yeah, this is much better. And uh, yeah, I really like the show. It's funny because like Tim Blake Nelson, his third outing in a comic book world is working because Tim Blake Nelson is great on that show. So was Alex. Don Johnson. You from mentioned... What, uh, from what I've read about uh, Watchmen, it takes place in like 2019, right? Like post everything and it's, it's, like, it's, a, it's like a KKK story, isn't it? Um, it takes place after the events of the comic, so the squid happened, not um, bombs, and uh, it, it's not necessarily the KKK so much as it has to do with, I mean, yeah, it is, they are basically neo-Nazi KKK version, uh, but not even just that, like, the, like, it opens with an event that happened in Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, years and years ago in the 20s and they they it wasn't the kkk it wasn't just them it was just white people in general white people were just 
attacking a black rich neighborhood and burning the businesses to the ground. It just was racism in general. And in this case, people are using Rorschach masks to sort of, I guess, in a way, kind of be white hoods. But it's also something a lot more complicated than that. But racism is a big part of it. The second open, opening scene after that involves a police shooting. And they, they aren't messing around for a show that's written by not, not just a, a white guy. Like, they're giving a lot of credit to Damon Lindenoff, but, like, there's a lot of... Um, uh, I, I'm the word escaping now, but I guess variety of backgrounds. Like it was directed by a woman, for example. There's two people of color writing in the uh, staff. It's it, it's an interesting way to approach um, a, a, a story that was initially about how superheroes are viewed in the real world, and now they've sort of taken it and put it on institutions, and it's interesting. Yeah, uh, I've heard a lot about it. Uh... I'm told the cast is absolutely great. Uh, I'm told that uh, it's doing really, really well, and I'm happy for that. And I, I just need to sit down and see it. Really, that's that's the big thing that I need to sit down and do with it is do that. But uh, I'm I'm told it's very, very good. Okay, so it is. I'm I'm very I'm very interested. So Alex, you had mentioned in passing in the chat a few days ago. Or maybe it was like two weeks ago. You have seen Midsummer. Mm-hmm. Midsummer. Midsummer. Your review. I did. <laughs> um, weird, and I loved it. My kind of weird. It's more. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> it's more uh, like the scariness comes from how unsettling it is. Like it's the kind of movie where it's beautiful for for one thing, but it's all and it makes me want to watch Hereditary really bad. I still have not gotten around to it. I'm just waiting for the right time to just sit down and watch it because people talk about how scary it is and people talk about a specific scene. So like I want to give that movie its due. I just ran into uh, someone watching Midsummer starting at the beginning, and I just was able to sit down and watch it. And it, it it's. It's one of those movies, and I don't think you've seen one, Chris, and I can't wait till the day you do, because okay. you will look at me and talk to me, like try to pick my brain about why people find this stuff you, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, actually, it's one so, of those movies where like, people are sitting there, like I was watching with other people, but there, we had a variety of reactions, but it's the kind of thing where there's a, there is a moment in the movie where you have to. like Everyone will, whether they do it silently or with somebody else, they'll be like, Okay, just what the hell are we watching? What is this? Yeah, and you're either saying that interestingly, or you're saying it nervously, or you're saying it frustratedly, or you're freaked out, and you just have to say something. But it gets a reaction out of people, and I think if you like are willing to go with it till the end, it you will get something out of it that's it, um that'll hit you on a guttural level, and you may not get it right away. Then I would suggest looking up just basic interviews from the director, and he explains, uh, like a key, just one little thing. That once he says it, you go, you know what? Yeah, that's exactly what that movie was about. And I don't want to ruin it, but like, it's a it's a pretty good, just visual portrait of uh, insanity, 
when people react a certain way to a certain event, how they how they choose to have other people view them, how to choose they view themselves, how to choose the yeah. view the world, but at the same time control everyone around them. It's it, it was weird. So when I first saw this movie, actually, um, I was very I got to see it with a friend of mine who studies uh who studies uh I believe what is she studying in uh she studies folklore and uh Wiccan uh society and all that and so it was really really interesting to see her thought process on this and then obviously to to see the the movie uh and honestly I thought it was really creepy I love the I like I like this movie a lot I like personally like uh, Hereditary more. Hereditary is a very, 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 very good movie. But uh, this one's certainly a, a close second for me in terms of that kind of stuff. I, I, yeah, I feel like Hereditary is going to have a different kind of vibe, especially since like there's no nighttime in Midsommar. Yep. It's just bright colors and beautiful kind of nature everywhere. And yes. especially when you get to this kind of like point where the main character is like completely surrounded by plants just completely it's just yeah, i mean i, I really it. yes the the movie is very colorful and very beautiful for what horrifying things happen in this movie yeah um, i think someone gets a blood eagle at one point yep uh someone gets a blood eagle someone gets uh stuffed in a disemboweled bear um, oh, I was gonna say that. One. <laughs> yeah, uh, some horrible things happened, uh, yeah. but it was beautiful, weird, beautiful. Yeah, some old people jump off a cliff. I mean, shit happens, man. It like there's there are things that you like. It's the kind of movie, Chris, where like if you just just sit there for a minute, you know you're watching something that's supposed to freak you out. And yeah. there's like there, I have. Like roommates that love dance music and like one's a DJ and I was telling him about this movie called Climax. We were looking around for free movies and it's on Prime and I suggest people watch it if you love crazy stuff. And it's a it's a beautiful looking movie filled with dancers and it has great music and it's about a bunch of I think students that graduated from dance school and they're celebrating at this empty house and they're just having this like fall and winter. And then someone spikes the punch with like intense LSD and then everyone starts freaking out and then it turns into a sexual violent melee. And like, I was showing the trailer to them and they were like, this looks, this looks really good. And then like they started getting the sense of the insanity of it. And they were like, this is freaking me out. And I'm like, you want to watch it? They're like, no, I want to watch like, um, Let's watch Annabelle. And I was like, oh my God. Okay. This, I'm pushing their limits too far. But like, that's what Midsommar reminds me of. Something that's beautiful, but underneath there's just, it's meant to make you stay up at night. Yes. <clears throat> okay. So do you think that Midsummer has way, any it chance? Was called Climax. <laughs> that's funny. Um, do you think that Midsummer has any chance at being this year's Get Out? Like, surprise horror Oscar nominee? No. <laughs> no? Okay, well, curious question. What would you, well, I mean, I, I would say that's a good, that is a decent question for what that movie is. But, Zach, I would posit to you, let's say 
you put all the years horror movies up so far that you can think of right now without looking at anything just like I'm going to do the same like I'm sure we're going to forget one or two but out of this year so far I can think of maybe like us having chances uh Midsommar yeah, having chances I, it too having I chances actually think that being the surprise nominee for the year it's going to be Oh god, it's like between Ooh, three. It's it's like between three movies for me, but um, Midsommar is like in my top ten, but I don't think it's what's gonna get. I think what's actually gonna get it is us. I think us is actually gonna get it this year, uh, despite the fact that I would love to see it. Chapter two possibly nominated. Good god, uh, us came out this I, year. I would like to see Brightburn nominated. Yeah. Uh, no, I would, I would like to have seen Happy Death Day to you nominated. Okay, now you're you're wild. I would be <laughs> super happy if that would happen too. It's not good, but, but I would love it. It's never. Gonna um, I would say it's... the two the two chances. I would say the contest would probably be between four of them. I mean, it chapter two made a lot of money and it was very popular. And there are some things about it that are good. Like, for example, it would be amazing if Bill Hader got a supporting Oscar. And to be honest, everyone loves Bill Hader right now. So I wouldn't be surprised. I, but there's also I, some, I, I like, cinematography. Up, I, I texted a, uh, a friend of mine okay. uh, who actually is a big fan of Stephen King. <laughs> and I said, um, I said the best part of the movie was in the climax when Bill Hader just walks out. And he's like, hey, you stupid son. Like, and he just... Like goes yeah, straight. When they like when he, Yeah. I liked it when he cried too. Like I just thought Hater was good. Um but like I can see it getting some love because it made a lot of money. Yes. Um I see us getting love because it's Jordan Peele's second outing and it's also not bad. It's really yes. good. It's not as good as Get Out, it's not as at least focused, but it is about spooky imagery with a good metaphor and it's yes. a good B movie. It's like not bad. It's really good. Um Midsummer because I think Midsummer is beautiful. And I think it has good music, and I think its editing is very important. But cinematography would probably be a good bet. And then the the uh, one that the Academy would probably love above everyone else to a certain extent, The Lighthouse. Like, there's I a didn't reason see The Lighthouse that. came out. Second, I didn't see Second that. movie from the guy who made The Witch. It's the second movie from the guy who made The Witch. Uh, it's got Robert Pattinson and William Defoe. It's pretty much the two of them in the lighthouse, and then a mermaid starts getting in their head. Like they, it's it's basically two men going mad as they run a lighthouse in the midst of storms. So That's... like it's out shot in black and white. Yeah, vintage cameras in the wind. Looking this up now, I'm like, this just sounds awesome. I heard it was shot. Yeah, on I'm surprised you cameras. don't. Yeah, too. It I looks beautiful. Dude, I gotta be honest. Cinematography would be a good chance. That much? He, Roger Eggers disturbed me a little too much with The Witch, so I haven't really been following him, and I've had no real interest in following him. Uh, I saw posters for this, oh my God, one, I but I had witch. Like, What? I love The Witch. Oh, no, don't get me wrong. The Witch is great, but it still, like, like disturbed me on a, in a really, really, really really not good way. <laughs> oh yeah, any movie that starts with the murder of a baby to use as a witch's broomstick to fly naked throughout the night, that you know, that's going to get to you. Yeah, um I just going to add that to the blacklist. There's mm. just uh <laughs> 
the witch disturbs me in a way I just don't feel comfortable like re-looking at and the director of that just the guy is talented don't get me wrong the guy knows how to spin a story he obviously has because I saw the I just saw like like all the all the the average scores in this movie and they're nothing but like 90s and above and I'm just like oh shit and I'm like I just don't want to see this it's not that I don't think it's good yeah no, like, um yeah i i would love to see hit chapter two get love i'd love to see midsommar get love i'd love to see us get love i'd love to see brightburn get love as weird as it is brightburn's uh a really weird movie that does some really interesting things um i'd like to see uh in a perfect perfect world i'd like to see three from hell get some love god no really Even after, uh, I'm not saying it because like, I'm not saying it be well just because Sid Haig died. I mean, Sid Haig will show up in the in the in memoriam, but like, yeah. I haven't read one positive review on Three from Hell. Right. I haven't heard one thing anyone say that movie's good. So I'm just I saying just, it on the sense that nobody likes it. Sure, I've never. I haven't seen it. But like, it's even, never going to get a chance. Happy death but, no, like, I would like to see. Go ahead. I'd love to see. Go ahead. I'd love to see Happy Death Day 2 get love, though. That movie was great, and it was weird in all the right ways. <laughs> if that, yeah, if that movie got any love at all, I'd be super happy. I mean, in a, in a, in a real, like, a dream world script would be great. But um, editing would probably be another one, too. Uh, but I honestly think if Brightburn got any chance, it would be what it does for the little budget it has with visual effect. I, yeah. I think those would be promising. Uh at the end of the day, though, for horror films, I see Lighthouse, Us, and Midsommar being the tightest race. Yeah. Uh, and, and they're probably... Uh, it really is probably ultimately between Us and, and Lighthouse. I, I, us is just... Jordan Peele's kind of like on Hollywood royalty right now after Get Out and Us not being terrible. Um, so I, I'm, I'm guessing it's probably yeah. really going to come down to those two. With uh, Midsommar and It Chapter 2 kind of being close seconds. Okay. <clears throat> Just thought I would think of literally anything else before we went and talked about the Star Wars. <laughs> There's more than one. Okay. Um, <laughs> maybe it's just one uh, giant war. Um, the way that you said it, it made like we were in it currently, like uh, before we start talking about um, the war. Yeah. Oh, uh, one thing I do want to talk. <laughs> about. Actually, there is one thing I do want to talk about. Actually, make it quick. Uh, Chris, actually, you want to talk about this? Uh, Disney announced their Avengers Endgame Oscar slate. Did they? They did with no Robert Downey Jr. on anything. He didn't want it. Well, he didn't, he didn't, can't, he didn't want, want them to he campaign. Said, he, mean, he didn't say he didn't he want it. it. He said it, he wants it, but Disney has to do it. And Disney chose not to do it. No, that's not, no, what, happened. That's no, not what he said. No, that's not what he that said on Howard Stern. What did he say on Howard Stern then? He said he told Disney don't push. He, he, said, he said that he would if he, he paid money for them not to do it. He would. He, he doesn't want to be the guy who campaigns for that. He's like, if, it's, if, they, if they nominate me, they nominate me, but I don't think I'm the guy 
to be the person to do that. Honestly, I think he's the guy to be the person to do that. I mean, in terms of Marvel, and he's just talking about MCU. Like, Heath Ledger earned his stuff, and you could talk about earlier stuff in superhero movies, but, like, for the MCU, the first person who I think deserves an Oscar, it should be Robert Downey Jr. But it would, if, it would be like giving it to him as the same way that they gave it to Return of the King for all three of the Lord of the Ring movies, when everyone knows that Fellowship is the best. And, <laughs> and like, all I'm saying is it's the idea of giving it to one movie instead of all of them. It's the idea of giving it to one performance for all of the performances. And I honestly think that, like, some of them deserve Oscars. Like, I think the first Iron Man deserves an Oscar for, like, him carrying a movie. I think his work in Civil War is not bad, and I think his work in Endgame is great. Yeah. And I, I would love it. he got nominated for what he's done. So and I wouldn't care if he wouldn't. If he's I'm, the one who's saying he doesn't deserves to be the first. They're they're pushing for uh, best picture, best sound editing, best mixing and editing, and costume design, right? I don't know. I haven't looked. Uh, um, their posters now. It's uh, for your consideration: best picture, best sound mixing, best editing, best film edit, best sound editing, best film editing. And uh, best costume design. So Scarlett Johansson isn't going to get nominated for three films this year. That sucks. That uh, is. <laughs> oh, there's um, one thing I do want to talk about. Actually, she'll probably get nominated for marriage story. She has no, a good no, chance for marriage story. No, 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 stay no, on no, end, no. Let's stay on Endgame. No, 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 no. You brought up Endgame. We're staying on Endgame. Okay, Easy win okay. for best visual effects. No. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, if, if last year, if last showed us anything, who knows? Um, yeah, I who knows? Uh, it's gonna be way, between it's gonna be between that and Rise of Skywalker, right? Maybe it's gonna come down to that. Maybe. What about Lion King? Yeah, what about Lion King? Lion uh, King? that is true. There's or always a Lion Aladdin. King. Not no, not Aladdin. No. no, not Aladdin. Just, just Lion King. Thanks. Just Lion King. Aladdin's um, fun, but come on. Lion King has a good chance to get actually nominated and win. For That thing is beautiful for what it is, but for what it is, I could you could take or leave it. So I'm going to talk one real quick about this. It's a slight pivot from Avengers Endgame because it actually deals with quite a bit of the same actors. Uh, Alex, have you seen Jojo Rabbit yet? I want to. I really want to. I haven't I have, I have seen to the movies in, in a very long time since we went for Joker. And I feel bad about that because there's so much good stuff coming out right now. So but I didn't know that Joe Rabbit was out yet. It is, in fact, out. It came out about two weeks ago, actually. Oh, like at the landmark and stuff? No, it's like out in main theater. It's everywhere. Wow, man. I'm out, uh, I'm out of the loop. Yeah. Uh, I watched both Blues Brothers movies. Does that count? No. <laughs> no. Well, uh, that's different. Oh. I'm told, told it's, <laughs> people it? love it. Uh, people don't, people are complaining that it's like a Nazi story, but it's like, it's a fun Nazi story. It's, it even says it's a satire. It is a satire. People oh, need, I, people need to read have, fine print. I have heard from certain critics that, that they didn't love it. I've heard some critics say they didn't love it and that it's not necessarily Oscar stuff and that, you know, the, it's, 
cute and they get the idea, but that it's a little bit too schmaltzy to put a, a swatch stick on it. And I, I get it, but what seems to be the most interesting thing is audiences love it. It won the audience award at a couple, at a bunch of festivals, including one of the prestigious ones. And it was at that time that critics were like, "Ah, eh, it's not great," but like it won the audience prize. So what the hell do I know? And any, all the critics I trust were like, "What the hell do I know if I didn't like it?" Because people love it. So I find that very interesting. Like, what kind of Oscar love would it get, despite the fact that people seem to dig it? But I also don't know what it's like getting box office wise. I don't know what kind of response people are getting. It's been out for two weeks and I didn't even know. But I can't tell you what's in the theaters right now. Yeah. Um. So far, it looks like the box office is about three point two mil. So it's not making much. Um. It. Uh. It's got a great cast though. Um. It's got obviously Taika, Rebel Wilson's in it. Uh. Sam Rockwell's great in it. Scarlett Johansson's in it. So I mean, there's. It looks like a lot of fun, honestly. It does. It looks really, really good. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the kid who plays Jojo, it's his first time acting ever. So, uh... Great. Well, you, you, like, Chris, you laugh about it, but it's like... No, I just remember the last time I saw a movie where a kid acted for the first time. Alex, remember? Well, it's funny no. because the kid's dad... I think is, he confronted fear. The the kid's dad who oh, the kid's dad is the cinematographer for like some of the best movies in the last like five to ten years. He did three billboards. He did uh he did Guardians of the Galaxy. He um is that movie good? I don't yeah that was alright. He did uh he did Seven Psychopaths, which was fun. Um he did kick ass. He did. I mean, he's done a lot of cool stuff. Like, he's done a lot of Avengers too. He's done a lot of Marvel. It looks like he did. He did some Captain Marvel. He did Doctor Strange. He did Avengers: uh, Age of Ultron. He's doing Eternals. He's doing uh, Kingsman. So you know. Oh, I'm sorry. I was sneezing. Uh, and I'm probably going to sneeze some more. But uh, I was going to say, are either of you guys interested in that new Kingsman movie? <laughs> He's <laughs> you're going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> are, are, you, are either of you guys interested in that new Kingsman movie? <laughs> <laughs> the Kingsman. Are either of you guys it does look pretty good. Kingsman? <laughs> Uh, no, I that was does look pretty good. Um, so, okay. I, that does sound interesting to me because you start with three billboards and then you go into a slew of Marvel movies. That, just, that seems interesting to me that he's able to make something really personal and simple and just really direction-focused, but also not necessarily focused on frame. But then also use that ability to apply that to something that's probably going to have to be filled with a lot of visual effects within its frame. But you have to get the location right. You got to get the like placement yeah. right. You got to get the actor in the right frame. You got to have the focus right in terms of how people are looking. Like, and then you get that down pat. That's interesting to me. Yeah. Um. So it, it's really cool to see it. Uh. He's got some very cool stuff. Alfie Allen's in it. I just looked at this. I I haven't seen it yet, but it looks like Alfie Allen's in the movie, which is kind of hilarious. Oh. Chris, you go, son, you know, from John Wick. 
Well, Alfie Allen's better known for Game of a... Thrones. Yes. <laughs> Game of Thrones. Speaking of Game of Thrones. Yeah. I've got to be uh, honest. He's my, fa- he my favorite character of Game of Thrones in terms of having an arc. He had one of the best arcs of the entire show in did. a show that everyone just got wrapped on at the end. Theon. Theon kind of walked away ahead at the end of that. He, he went he, out. I'm just saying like a character arc. Yeah. Yeah. He, he kind of didn't get shit on like, at the end, which is kind of hilarious. He, he just like at a beginning in the middle of an end by the end of the series. And there are so many people who didn't get proper endings that it was just nice to see one of them go out. Right. Yep. And Alfie Allen got it. Uh, so, Chris wants to talk about Game of Thrones, apparently. Benioff and Weiss are gone. They chose Ooh, Netflix and left Lucasfilm at the altar. Very confused. Honestly, the better choice. The better choice. Probably, yeah. If there's anything... The fan thing that happened with Game of Thrones probably scared them off. Especially after Ryan Johnson's uh, still dealing with the aftermath of the loud response of those it's people. Like, it's like I, nuclear I, fallout, I, that movie. It, it just... Uh, just goes in on. In a good way. I think it's... Like, I, I think it's... I, again, I just think it takes time for people with a movie like that. Uh, ultimately, they're going to look at this trilogy, and I think it depends on how the next one goes. But I think a lot of people will look at it and be like, that was a highlight. But uh, I... I can see them being scared. And the other thing is, Disney has proven in the past that they do not budge. Ever. So, if you want creative control, go to Netflix. They're losing a lot of things. They're losing subscribers and customers. And they're giving their money to people that they can trust on and have names right now. And people that will take chances with them are probably going to get the better opportunities creatively at the end. If at the end of the day, those two guys leave and go, Netflix, we pick, we pick you. And then later down the line of production, they're like, hey, Netflix, we need more money. Netflix is like, yes, absolutely. You stuck with us. Loyalty. End of the game. Disney, on the other hand, they'll kick out uh, Phil and Lord. They'll kick out Edgar Wright. They will kick out people who have visions. And to be honest, I don't think those guys are bad writers. I just think they quit at the end of the Game of Thrones. And they, and the only reason that they did is because they didn't know any better. They were writing their favorite thing the best way they knew how to write television, and it was perfect. And then they couldn't because they didn't have books. They had cliff notes. You can't write your favorite thing when you don't have your favorite thing in front of you. You just can't adapt it. And they did what they wrote television shows. So they wrote a TV show, and they did the best they could. I will give them that. My problem with them is that they quit. And they left, and they took the property with them. And that was dumb. They should have kept it going without their name, but they wanted to keep their name. And that might that might be their downfall in their next show. But they made the right move. Disney doesn't budge creatively, and these guys have been having their way for years under a banner of one of the greatest shows of all time. These guys have heads for a reason, and they're not about to let their hands slip when they see what happens when Ron Howard takes over your movie. Oh man. Yes. Um so Chris, let since we kind of have moved no, I'm taking question. the floor. I'm taking the floor. Nope. Yeah, I, know. I was going to say I'm let's taking move to the Star floor. Wars. Let's move to Star Wars. Okay, whoa. Power struggle. This is what this is power struggle. I'm trying to pass it to Chris. 
By the, no, by the way, guys, I've been watching the Fantastic Four movie on mute and mute as I usually do. I start the movie when I start when we start recording, and we're at the point where he is the Mexican guy. And yes, he is Mexican, but also Chris. Good call. That is a Mexican John Berthanol. It is. Um, we'll get to that. On muscular, unregistered, but it's him for sure. Yeah. All right, Chris. Let's let's talk about let's talk about this. Star. Is the deal right? Of course, fandom is in a frenzy. They're in a tizzy right now. They're always um, so. Yeah, they're they're in constant state of tizzy. This doesn't help. Anyway, so everybody is going back back to like when, um, like all the recent firings that Lucasfilm did. Let's just go through the list and my opinions on them. Josh Trank had to go for obvious reasons. Besides getting he drunk, doing? what was he on? He was gonna. He was gonna defect. He was gonna defect. He was gonna defect. Direct a Boba Fett movie, and gotcha. as soon as this movie came out, that plan went kaput. Um. Besides, all the yeah. As soon as this movie happened, that was exnade because of the whole getting drunk on set and being incoherent mm. with sober anyway. Um, There's more part of it. Yeah. He had a lot of personal issues that he was not dealing with. Um, okay, and then what else? And then next. Um, Phil Lord and uh, Chris Miller, right? Mm-hmm. They are still owed an apology. Um... For Spider-Verse. Shut up, phone. Um, Spider-Verse game 2022 sequel. That's right. Colin Trevorrow is a madman. <laughs> I think Fallen Kingdom proved Hey, hey, watch Kingdom and... Fallen Kingdom and Book of Henry prove that. Um, he had to go. Um, this. This is troubling. To me, this is troubling. Because, like. Why? When you, like. It. It really is a problem when the fans are the reason you're not doing it. Also, on top of lack of creative freedom. And um, if that's what's going down... The, oh, let me finish. Let me finish. Let me get this out. I agree. I agree. Toxic fandom. Star like, Wars toxic fans, Chris. We get it. <laughs> I wasn't going right, to get like that. Thanks, Zach. Well, it's true. No! That was faster Jesus. than I thought. I'm sorry, wait, the joke is that was longer than it took. Ah! No, I get what you're saying, Chris, that, yeah, toxic fandom is bad when it scares away creative people. Let me get to my point here. Okay, guys, can I get to my no. point? No! You're not allowed, Chris. Okay. No! Okay, I'm Tawi. I'm Tawi. I'm not. <laughs> can we agree... 
that Kathleen Kennedy and Lucasfilm have had a problem with every single director other than Ryan Johnson? I think they like J.J. Abrams. Because J.J. they like J.J. Abrams. Because J.J. does what he's told. No, J.J. There's a, there's a difference between just being, just doing what you're told and also being really good at your job and working well with others. Like being, being willing to say, I see what you want to make and I'm okay with it. It's, it's like when David Lynch makes a commercial. He directs commercials all the time. He understands he's selling something. He doesn't care as long as the people are like, make whatever you want, but you're selling a product. And he's going to be like, okay, I get it. At the end of the day, that's, that's JJ. JJ will be like, look, I understand you want to make uh, a simple American burger. I can make that for you. What ingredients do you want on it? Oh, okay. He's just a very good – he's like a very good chef. He's just – he knows he, – what do you want in there? Okay, I'm going to give it to you the best well, – I'm not going to surprise you. There's not going to be any special sauce. No one's going to spit in your burger. Like you're going to get a burger. You're going to like be home happy. That, that's how he works. I, I think that's the difference between him and, say, like, the guy who makes all the Resident Evil movies. He's a really nice guy who, like, everyone loves. But it's because he's a yes man. He, he like, sold his soul a long time ago. He's like, what, can I make another Resident Evil? They're like, sure, go to the, go to the studio and make something. Fill our January slot with something. And he'd be like, great, can I make a Mad Max version of it? And they're like, sure, do what you want. But, like, get it in on time and in budget. And he's like, sure, absolutely, whatever you want. There's a difference between him and say like, I think they like JJ. I think Ryan Johnson was them going, okay, you know, the, the people said the first movie was a little safe, but we knew that was probably going to happen. That was how we played our cards. Now's the time for us to take a chance. And then, idiot longtime fans who don't understand, I, I wouldn't say they don't understand, but like, it's not, it's not a normally toned film it's not toned like a normal adventure serial that the other films are based on from the 30s and 40s no it's like it's urethral it's kind of it's way more kurosawa than it is uh flash gordon and they were always more flash gordon than they were the hidden fortress so i i I get why people aren't necessarily enjoying that but like the people who don't get the stupid sci-fi stuff or the people who just can't accept that Luke was different, like that's that's you not willing to adapt and change. And even the story is saying that Mark Hamill had to be convinced of that through his whole uh, marketing campaign. So like he's come to be like, yeah, okay, I get it now. Like the fans are dumb. It was a chance and it was good because we could have a bunch of Marvel movies if we were too careful, like really bad ones. So it, it, there's there's always one way you can sway or the other, but like. It, the fans, I think, are the biggest extreme when it came to those. When it came to Last Jedi, I had a problem with the safeness of um, uh, Force Awakens. I still do. I, I I'm starting to agree more and more with the bold nature that George Lucas had, but also George Lucas had all the money in the world. He could do whatever he wanted. It was his thing, and he he could just do it. He just no one could tell him no, so he did it. And that's that he could take any chance he wanted. And of course, that produced way more mistakes than it did good things. But there's also a braveness in that. And we're losing that in Hollywood. And it, it sucks. It really does. Because all these other side movies, the Boba Fett's, the Han Solo's, the Obi-Wan's, those are the ones you need to be taking chances on. That's why Rogue One is so great. Because it's not your standard Star Wars movie. It's a war movie in the Star Wars universe. 
Han Solo should have been a heist movie that was fun, and it was like an Ocean's Eleven movie, and it should have been more like it should have had way more energy than what it was. It should have been about Han Solo leading heist people out. It shouldn't have just been an origin story. But you could do that because it was fan service for Rogue One Two, and it still worked on its own. Those are the movies you take chances on. Those are the ones you should get your Phil Lords and your uh, and. I just think those are the ones they should have been lofty with in the first place. People should have been more used to that, but it is. It's toxic fandom, and also it's the most extreme and most popular product in the world. So it's gonna, everyone loves it, so everyone's going to have an opinion on it. And we live in a world where everyone's opinion is as loud as a megaphone. So Someone's Here's listening. the deal, though. Here, here is the deal, though. All that in mind. Like, if directors are exiting left and right, whether it's because they're picking complete other, complete and utter train wrecks or maniacs, or they are like not willing to go in a bold direction. Or it's toxic fandom. Like, it's going to get, like, harder and harder to find people who want to direct a Star Wars movie under these circumstances. That's what I'm afraid of. Like, do you do you know what happened? Sure. Like, getting, do you know sure, anything? We're getting the Kevin Feige movie. Okay. 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 Go ahead. Go ahead. No. Do you that they're basically what Disney's basically doing is the studio system of the 30s and 40s that just basically dissipated by the 60s. That's what the 70s. Are. That's why there's so many weird. That's how Martin Scorsese and like all these people came up in the 70s in the first place and Francis Ford Coppola is because they were tired of making big studio musical uh, epic biblical movies. They were done with those. They didn't want to work with studios anymore. They didn't want to sign contracts where you had to work with someone for seven years under their rules and you couldn't do this and you couldn't even do this in the press. You couldn't be yourself. That's what the studio system was then and it destroyed it and we got the 70s and to a certain respect, sadly, the 80s. And Things got different, and now we're back to it again. Disney and corporations are now they're running things again. So if you're with Netflix, you're with Netflix. So now you can't work with this company. Or if you with Netflix, you can be more open about your, you know, uh, let's say sexuality or your political choices. But if you work with Disney, you got to keep that stuff a bit more toned down. Like, have you guys heard about the allegations with Jeremy Renner? What's going to happen with him and Hawkeye? Oh, no, Jeremy Renner's already probably getting replaced as we're talking about this right now. So I'm not saying necessarily that a canceled generation is a bad thing. What I'm saying is like certain companies are going to let stuff slide or let you deal with it on your own with your own PR press. And other companies are going to be like, oh, ha, 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 man, wow, pack your bags. <laughs> okay. Nice knowing you. Like, we're a conservative company. Sorry. So we're back in the studio system again. And yeah, it does suck that people are going to do that. But like, this bubble will burst at some point because the audience won't like it. You're right. People won't want to, the right people won't want to work with these things. And then they'll be bland and then we won't care. And they just won't be good anymore. And people won't go. But if there's one thing that Hollywood does listen to, it's when 
the audiences love something once. And so they'll probably get back on their feet again because the broken clock is wrong at least twice a day. So eventually they're going to find something that's going to work and they'll chase that dream. But in terms of creative people, as long as there's TV, as long as there's streaming services, as long as there's places like Netflix and Amazon still existing out there, I'm sorry, the theaters are dying. Hey, you know what else Disney is doing? It's buying up all the old movies and all the old rights from all these other corporate, uh, all these other companies they don't own yet. So that means places like Alamo Drafthouse can't play these old movies anymore. So if you want to go see Ghostbusters, uh-oh, you can't. You can only watch it on Disney Streaming Plus unless they decide specifically to air it at AMC. Like, that's scary to me because that's the only thing theaters have left. It's the one thing I've been saying since I was working in that theater with you guys is that they need to turn right now into old movies. They need to hit cinephiles real quick. They need to get people who want to see stuff that they can't watch at home on the big screen because they don't have one. They want to go see it in a theater where they can have a drink and take a date. Well, have you ever heard of The Third Man? It's my favorite movie from the 40s. It's a big deal in Britain. It's going to come here. It's going to show. Oh, oh, I can only watch it on Netflix now because they bought it and all the streaming rights. So now theaters are dying. Like, there's so many other scary things happening right now with Disney, and it does suck. But that bubble will burst at some point as long as there are places like still producing stuff and streaming. Like, I'm sorry, but like, television is where it's at. Quentin Tarantino had it right. He 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 was gonna quit film after ten movies, but then he said, "I think I'm gonna make miniseries after that." And I was like, "Yes, please." Anyway, this sucks. Okay, and like I did not. I absolutely tried not to turn this into a tangent. Like that. Because I don't want to take that route. I understand Dude, it's you know the I love, reality. You know I understand it's the reality. It's still hard for me to hear. So that's why I'm like, okay. Because right now, as far as we know, and I'm starting to doubt, Ryan Johnson's still getting his trilogy. Yeah. Like that is still I think it rabbit ear happening. I think it depends. So I think wait, right wait, now I think sure. Disney has an announcement thing because they think right now it's a bit of a hot topic issue and they're just waiting for the right time to say, Hey, remember that Ryan Johnson trilogy we talked about all those years ago? We still got them and we're still gonna do it. That's and here's another thing. It's probably never going to happen because of this nuclear freaking fallout from a movie that nobody gets. Right? So. I've no, actually talked to some I, people I, I, in the past who have in the past said they didn't like it. And they've said, like, now that the movie's starting to sit, they under, they kind of understand now that, like, it was kind of silly of them to be angry in the way they were angry about it. But and they're understanding that it's not necessarily for them anymore, and that the the trilogy isn't isn't for it's not the trilogy they wanted, and it's not and it was never intended to be the trilogy for them. It was meant to be the trilogy for a younger generation to love Star Wars and get this. I um, <sighs> I'm getting I'm getting mad. Sorry for I'm getting mad. Sorry I'm seriously getting frustrated. Um. Well. I don't, first of all, we've gone through this. 
don't get upset about people that will never get that movie. It's like getting upset at people. I'm not for mad that people movies. don't get the movie. I'm mad about this whole situation. You got you got creatives running scared because of toxic fandom and freaking lack of creative freedom and all this corporate crap that I keep hearing about that I'm so sick and tired of hearing of that I'm going to keep hearing over the next decade of my freaking life and like. Well, and yes. like people are going to, and then this guy, and then this guy Ryan Johnson, he makes a movie that's really freaking good, third best Star Wars movie ever made, and it gets shit on, and people don't get it, and now the stuff that he actually wants to do, he's probably never going to do it because these people are going to bitch and moan until the cows come freaking home, and now, like, all, and then now the Rise of Skywalker is coming out. It's the last of the saga films. They just want to get this over with, which is why I'm like. Blow your load. Put everything on there. There's not going to be another movie out of this. There's never going to be another movie for the next six years. I'm going to be mad. Sure, we'll get the Obi-Wan series. We'll get the Cassian Andor series. We'll get the next few seasons of The Mandalorian. Whatever. I want to see a Star Wars movie, and I'm not going to get it for another six freaking years. And I am left to process that. Imagine that. Like, okay, Chris. holy mother of boss, I'm not fucking finished. So, like, he's, he's on a rant today, Alex. <laughs> we haven't even gotten the Van Forstick yet. We haven't even gotten the Van Forstick yet. This is a pro. This That's is a promo. You need to. You need to record this. You need to promo this for the holiday special. Ever again. Because, <laughs> because the theaters die. There's no movies to put in the freaking theaters. And now I'm stuck at home watching a Star Wars movie and the mystique is gone. The mystique and the nostalgia is gone. Chris. Chris. A few things. A is a good chance he has his that his trilogy will have a re, will have a uh, a resurgence of possibility when knives comes when knives out comes out, because everyone seems to love that. Um, secondly, uh, uh, um, I, time is the best thing for a good movie, because here's the thing that has always been the case for most really good movies. And here's the thing you are lucky to see right off the bat, a lot of the best things about Last Jedi. And also you sit and you talk about it with people that are you willing to admit, not just myself and Zach, smarter than you about it. And that's the great thing about a good movie is that you keep learning more and more about that movie. You keep getting into it. That, to me, is not always the case for all of the Star Wars movies. It is the case for the best Star Wars movies. And you know what? That's also the case for the best, weirdest movies that take time. Like, sometimes it takes 10 years or so. And guess what? You get to sit there and be like, hey, man, I was there from the gate. And I guarantee you that will happen with this movie. Time will love this movie. It will hug it. And here's the other thing. You're going to sit here and you are going to cry about not getting a movie for six years. But you're also sitting here and wondering why creative people are leaving and why they're just killing this product. It's because you happen to be in love with, like passionately in love with the way that I am with my favorite band or my favorite movie or Twin Peaks. You are in love with something and it just also happens to be the most popular thing in the world. And that's the problem. You need to stop. You need to stop them and say, don't give me a movie for six years. Clean house. Fix your crap. 
You are pumping out stuff too fast and you aren't trusting your people. Sit in a room with someone for a year who knows what they're doing and then when they start creating something you are cool with, stop them and say, ah, we need more time because guess what usually helps with something with more time? You get a better product. I, I honestly think that pumping out three to two movies a year and having all of that oversight is what was choking them in the first place. They can't watch what Phil and Lord are doing with one movie when they're dealing with Josh Trank over here. They need to homogenize some of this stuff so that they don't have to worry about it, so that the paperwork is a lot more smoother to do. But if you give them time between the products they're making, you're going to get better products. Honestly, Chris? You can't ask I... six years and then... you can't... That's like saying, I'm so sick of this crap. i got to get more crack, though. Chris, to, to actually give you real world honest to god real world proof that what alex has explained to you fucking works assassin's creed the franchise was yearly for years i mean years since 2011 it was yearly until three years until four years ago they said we're taking two years off and we're gonna put a game out in two years in that those two years off they made a movie they did some shit that they probably shouldn't have done then the next that movie thing- listen to that episode now Hey, cross-promotion, man. Proven point, cross-promoting. Um, yeah. Literally, the first game they put out after two years was the best, one of the best games in the franchise. Assassin's Creed Origins is one of the best Assassin's Creed ever made. And then they took another year off, and they did Odyssey, and they made another smash hit game. It works. If you take a couple years off your yearly release and you make a good product that you love and you feel is at the point you want, it works and the fans drive home behind it. Here's the problem with your comparison. You're talking about a game you can get like months at a time out of. Still an experience, dude, though. Whether you get months of entertainment out of it or you get two hours of entertainment out of it. Man, I hope Lars of Skywalker blows its load. Oh, man. Just put everything yeah, in there. Heck, people have uh, speculated here, People have speculated would... that in the trailer that there's uh, the Enterprise from Star Trek. Oh, man. Let's see that, too. Let's put... Screw it. Just put in other franchises, too. It's not like they're going to make another movie for the next 10 years. It's like... Oh, man. I can't wait. I, I agree that if they're scared to make a movie and won't make a movie for six years because they're scared of their fans and they're scared of losing money, that's not a good reason to do it. You sh- if you have something hot, you should jump on it the best of your abilities as a company. It's just As a stockholder, that's what I would say. Um, as a fan, I would say this trilogy was always, always going to be this treacherous. Always going to be this treacherous. Hey, guys. It was always going to be this treacherous, so you should have brought more stuff with you. You should have been better prepared. You shouldn't have come on this trip and then been like, we're going to take all these other chances with all these other movies. No, you should have focused on your trilogy, and you should have made that to the best of your ability. And if the streaming service comes up, focus on shows because that's the future. But don't make all these other movies and cause all these other problems for yourself, and then make it all known when you have to cancel all of them because you can't do all these things all at the same time. They should have just focused on the trilogy because it was always, always going to be the most treacherous path. Not just because they were the next Star Wars movies, but because you're, they were building that as the end. 
They were always gunning for that to be the end. They wanted to expand the world and they wanted to bring young people in and have new Skywalker like people. They didn't want to necessarily keep the name. Maybe they did. I don't care. But at the end of the day, they wanted this trilogy to just sort of end that stuff because they were going to get all the old actors and then get rid of them. Just focus on your three movies and go. But they didn't. They focused on all these other ones. They had too many plates spinning. Then they tried to make McDonald's burgers really simple and fast and anybody can make them. And it's kicking at all the chefs. And I get that. I do. But it doesn't mean it's not fixable. And I honestly think the best thing is time. But it doesn't mean that you shouldn't let go of the opportunities you have. I agree. Like, I think Knives Out is going to help Ryan Johnson more. And I think it's going to give him a lot more claps to be like, hey, I still want to make my movies. And I think if they keep getting people like him or Kevin Feige to help them, then great. But DB and Weiss, they they could be they they could be the other end of the spectrum where they're just egomaniacs, and that's why they left Game of Thrones and wouldn't give it to anybody else's hands. And that's also why they don't want to go to Star Wars and be creatively different. That doesn't necessarily mean it's a good or bad thing. It just means that's what they don't want to do. But that doesn't mean they can't work with good people. Like they work with J.J. Abrams, they work with Ryan Johnson, and they work with Ron Howard. They work with good people, but just like work with them beginning to end. And then give your audience what you want to give them, and then give them time. Like time will always help, but I don't. I, I. It's hard to say with Star Wars fans because it's they're the most dangerous. I agree, but I. It's like we're having a re a reexamining of the prequels. We all know those are bad. We. Uh, I. I think there's some reexamination of some things, but we all still kind of understand them as bad movies in general. But like. When I looked at Watchmen, I was like, yeah, faithful adaptation, bad movie. Yes. Talk about the Rise of Skywalker trailer. <sighs> I mean, I I do think it's I do think it stinks, Chris, but like also it was always it's they just put out too many things at once. But like, don't get discouraged. You're still a young man and there's still Disney is still young in its process of like running this thing. They didn't know what they were getting into. They didn't know that their normal marketing and promotional tactics and, and the way that they produce material was going to re- be as reactive as it was with an audience, especially when it's a movie like Last Jedi. They were taking chances. That's a movie of them taking a chance with an artist they love, and the fans got mad. So like, I think it's hilarious. The company that is mostly known for being conservative – like took a chance and screwed their and like got screwed by their fans, which is usually the other way around. We're talking about how this company is screwing over artists, but like this is a company that got like, screwed over by its fans for doing the exact same thing. It's a no win. It's a double edged sword. Yeah, they were never destined to win that fight. It was probably always gonna be bad for them, but you know what? They t- be happy that they took a chance. I was about that- to say, why even bother then? They knew it was going to suck. Well, they took a chance and they rolled oh. the dice. And they rolled the dice hoping that maybe, just maybe, it works out. It didn't. And that's life. I I don't... Let, let me put it this way. No one's looking back and going that this trilogy is bad. But there are some people looking back and going that this trilogy hasn't earned its right to be a trilogy yet. And to be fair... I kind of think that's true. But also, at the end of the day, I don't care. It's Star Wars. There's space adventure movies. 
Last Jedi gave me a little bit more than that through visual storytelling. Like, it's not like there's huge metaphors hidden behind Last Jedi. It's just a really good understanding of its own property, and it presents it in a very interesting way. And that's it. Like, it's just an interesting-looking space adventure movie. So just, you know, stop freaking out, people. And also, like, stop freaking out, Disney. Just make your fun adventure movies with interesting people and interesting products and have fun with it. And if they don't feel that they can do that because of their fans, that sucks. But that is what toxic fandom is. And you can't, you can't ignore that that's certainly an aspect of what Star Wars is. Just look at Rey and John Boyega's characters. Like, yeah. Finn. <laughs> and Finn. Sorry. <laughs> Ray and Finn. I like John Boyega more than I like John Boyega the actor more than I like Finn, I guess. Well, I, I like him in Detroit and I like him in Attack on <sighs> It's well, depressing. Jim Carrey okay. posted It's the... depressing. I'm sorry, guys. Depressed. I just want to point this gonna... out. Still getting Mandalorian, still getting an Obi Wan show. What are you depressed about, dude? Calm down. Dude, your face. We're going to keep getting more Star Wars. I'm not getting any more Twin Peaks. You, you just know that, man. And if you know how that show ends, that sucks. But I loved it. What about Jim Carrey? That show answered. Jim Carrey just wins that the show. internet. As of yesterday. Jim Carrey did what? He won the internet. Why? He tweeted out, he said, just so we're clear... The Grinch never really hated Christmas. He hated people, which is fair. You've never heard that before? No, I've heard that. I just thought it was great. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He learned. I would say he learned how to use the internet. <laughs> what are they, bro? Um, but yes, I... Uh, I'm interested. Yeah, it looks good. Yeah, it looks great. I'm excited. Cool. We can all agree. All right. Fantastic. Oh no, no. What? Like, what? What do you want to talk about it? Because I'm like, I'm letting you guide it. Like I keep saying, they're gonna blow their load. Look. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I just keep imagining the actual image of you doing that. So like, yeah. <laughs> no, they are gonna blow their load. You're gonna see Kathleen Kennedy on her back. Just, I'm kidding. Um. Wow. So. <laughs> You are, like, into it tonight. I like it. Chris I mean, it's what salty. this fan base deserves. Okay. Um, Chris is salty about something. <laughs> I got salt right in front of me. Um, Chris, you're you going to be cooking with all that salt you you blown out? I can't cook. I'm a chef. I can only rant on the internet. Um, oh. Come back. Coming back. You you should play tennis, man. You're in the zone. Pop it him. Um... <laughs> But like, there's a shot, and there's a shot, and there's a shot in the trailer where it's like just a lot of resistance ships. There's the ghost from Star Wars. Rope. Don't yawn. Well, dude, it's like it's <laughs> past my bedtime. There's the ghost from Star Wars Rebels, the animated show. <laughs> Sorry, what was it? <laughs> Uh, it would appear there's no option to mute. Um, so 
And then what else is there? There's like ships from like the yeah. old camp. All right, that's it. <laughs> so Okay, that was that was a little funny. So then you go in there's there. Hey, Chris, from... Chris, Chris. The best comedy comes in three, man. Yeah, I had to make a four. So there's ships from the old canon and hold on. I got to keep removing Zach from the call. Um, (laughs) Are you serious? Yes. Um, Oh my God. Ruthless. Yes. So. In-house fighting. All right, so <laughs> anyway, go on. Okay, this movie's gonna have everything in it under God's hot sun, and I really, I really... good God, dude. Okay, so this movie's just gonna have everything in it, like, and also people have speculated like the deaths, like. <sighs> People still don't know if that's which Death Star that is. It is the Death Star 2. But how do you know that? Is it because uh, of the throne room? Because there no, could have been a throne room on the first one. No, there is a visual not there is a visual uh guide that came out that explained the planet too. Uh, if that is true, that's very poor timing. It, um, uh give me just a minute. I can tell you the name of the planet too. While you're doing that, uh, this just in from Yahoo. Ryan Johnson says he's still in talks for more Star Wars, and that angry Last Jedi tweets helped inspire Knives Out. All right, I'm going to watch Knives Out. So anyway, um... (laughs) There you go. Uh... Everybody's getting the training. Everybody's getting the Ray is training thing that everybody wanted from The Last Jedi, even though Luke wouldn't give it to her. So, everybody's going to get that. Um, I'm shipping Finn and Poe. Of course. As much as my my dad is going to hate that. Um, It's all good. What about Rose? Well, nobody likes her. Nobody likes her anyway, so. Um, What do do you think? Character and last Jedi jerk. What do you mean, what do I think? Yeah, what do you I'm think the, about Rose? I'm in the minority, dude. Okay, just checking. In more ways than one. Um, uh, um I yes, I've always shipped Finn and Poe, but also I like it doesn't matter whether they're together or not. I mean, why can't they just, you know, be with everybody? Why can't we just have massive space orgies in Star Wars, huh? Who cares, guys? There's a war going on. Star <laughs> War? Um, <laughs> What if there was? What if the ship from Treasure Planet showed up in this movie? Uh, anyway, so oh, that'd be crazy. Long John Silver's like, oh, okay. I'm gonna steal okay. the treasure. Okay, so I, I I got it. So the um, sorry. So the planet that they're on, the the water uh planet that we see. Oh no no no! Zach, no 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 no! Star Wars Protocol is in effect. I'm sorry. I just remembered. Star Wars Protocol is in effect. You keep that you to yourself. You're to look it up and tell you. Star Wars Protocols be damned. 
Um, <laughs> Star Wars Prodigal be damned. That's uh, that's gonna be my title for my new album. That line better be in the movie. Um, <laughs> Star Wars Prodigal be damned. Um, no. So, uh, joke, Chris. No, keep it to yourself. Uh, so this wasn't actually from a trailer. This was actually from like a Disney press release for uh, Star Tours. I've post the article. Don't say anything. Okay. Just post the article. Okay. People might be in Star Wars Protocol. Under stricter rules than me. So. Okay. Just like. I am excited. It's the second best trailer to the uh, Monday Night Football trailer for The Force Awakens. Um, yes, I thought that one was better than Chewie We're Home. Um, Chewie We're Home. Chewie, we're home. Um, I think we thought that was a little bit too schmaltzy for me. Okay. Yeah. So, is it okay? We're locked in now. There's no turning back. I'm in. I'm ready for this movie, even if I'm the only one in the theater because apparently it's tracking to be the lowest opening in the trilogy, which I'm like, whatever. I don't care about the business. I just want to see the movie at this point. Oh, it's not Again, as good. It's not, as, succe- it's not as successful. I don't care. It's good. You, you just need to be happy that they're getting made. Like, do you know how yes. many people are struggling to get movies made that they could have like five years ago? Like, Christopher Nolan just to get a movie made is insane. Like, it's it's hard to get a movie made these days, even if guess what, you're the most popular movie ever. But like, just be happy that they're coming out. Because there are things I can tell you, Chris, right now that I wish would come out. There are things that have been in production history and development hell that I've been wanting to come out for years that will never come out. That will ever have the money or the promotion or the marketing of your favorite thing in the world. So just Amen. please keep that Chris, in mind. Chris, I, I posted. I, I posted, <laughs> I, I, I posted the update for you. <laughs> I'm just saying, you're always going to get more of these. So, like, if they lose, like, a quarter of their fans that are stupid, good. They'll grow stronger ones. Because guess what? They've got kids, man. Kids are going to that theme park, and they've got them. There are so many little girls that love Ray. There's so many little kids that love him. I'm telling you, dude. I'm telling you. It's not even for the old people anymore, the people who pay for tickets, which sucks. It's for the kids, man. They need to keep making them for the kids. I that's who that. that's going to give them their money late. So I posted the blog update for you. Yep, Chris. Yeah, I, I saw it. I forgot yeah. that I remembered it. Yeah, it's called uh, Keith. Uh, <laughs> God in heaven almighty. <laughs> that is the name of my second album. I forgot that I remembered it. Called. Uh... If you don't, wait, don't, wait, don't, wait. don't, 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 What? I'm not going to say anything. Me. I just think you should say something on our podcast. No, I mean, don't say the Instead name of the planet. Well, it's a moon, but okay. Uh, I'm not even looking at the article. I'm in Star Wars Protocol. Are you? Are you really? No, he's not. He's not. I'm trying to, I'm trying to like, rewatch Doctor Doom blow skulls, because that's awesome. Okay. Um, so, I really, I really didn't talk about the Honestly, trailers. Honestly, so no, really Chris, like, to. please, no, please do. I'm not saying don't. No, it's just, 
Um, there are going to be fantastic a lot of forces. I guess all I can really say is that what I've been already saying is that they're <laughs> they're going to really blow their load. <laughs> yeah, you seem to really There's enjoy gonna be, that statement. Yes, that's what I hope this movie is. There are going to be force ghosts of everybody. Everybody. They're going to have some deep cuts into like the Clone Wars and the novels, and they're not even going to know what it means, and they're going to misinterpret it, and it's going to be great. That's what they've always done. And, like, it's going to, there's going to be, like, like I said, there's going to be everybody from the EU, from the old movies, it's just going to be like, oh my God, everybody's going to be in this movie, and it's going to be great, even if the movie is narratively just the worst. <laughs> I love it. That's a true fan. Warts yeah. and all. Like if it's like the opposite I, of Endgame. Or tries to do the um, same thing but utterly fails. But it's still a spectacle. I don't think that Star Wars will dive into its EU that much. I think that shot is awesome no. and maybe they will. Maybe they'll like point to a bunch of characters just for fun why not but they usually don't is what i'm saying they have it shows that they don't i wish they would and that'd be great if they did um when i watch the trailer i see a space adventure thank you and i'm in because to be honest i look like the, to not know what the plot is is the most important thing about it you have to deal with the imagery and the tone that you get and you see people on planets, you see people in ships, you see people in, like, beaches, you see people, like, it's just, the, it's everywhere. It's all over the place, but it's cohesive, tonally, and it looks really good. So, that's what you want in a space adventure. I don't want it to be, like, I, I, I don't want another desert planet. I don't want something one. that I've seen before, to be honest. And to be honest, I think that there's a lot of interesting... Uh, landscape and there's a lot of interesting moments of people like in groups and together like that's what we've been missing a lot in the second movie is everyone was kind of separated in the first movie they were all meeting each other and then in the second movie they were separated and I want to see Finn and Poe and Ray like joke around with each other the way that they haven't had the opportunity yet because like Ray just met Poe and people are complaining about these characters ad nauseum for years and like in their world she like just met that dude so I'm trying to think of it in, the, in those terms. I'm trying to give yeah. the trilogy the breadth and the air that it needs. And what it needs to do that is fun. That's why Empire works. That's why the tragedy of Empire is so interesting. Because you have history and backstory and lore with Luke. But you have fun with uh, Han and Leia. And that's why the tragedy of their end works. On a, on a simple space adventure level, that's what you want. You want like people going places and them to have fun and then for their characters to bring weight to the plot devices at the end. That's all I want. I don't want any more like, just give these characters a destination. And it seems like they they bring them somewhere. So they've, they've got them doing something. And I'm in. I don't really care what it is or what they're looking for. I just, I want to see them interact with each other. And it looks like all of them are kind of like, together. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Is it time to talk about a certain fantastic film? It was anything but fantastic. All right. Well, so the bad wheel has dictated that we 
watch Fantastic. I gave it a fair shot. Listen, I gave the holiday special a fair shot. I don't believe decided he did, no. but it's okay. Ah, uh, he never believes the wheel, though. Okay, you know what? Here's what I'm going to do. This is what we're going to do, just for Zach. I'm going to put... While we review this movie, I'm going to put... I'm going to find, like, a browser roulette wheel. I'm going to put every single option that's on the good wheel, and I'm going to spin it in the browser and share the screen with Zach. Oh, How's my that? gosh. Wait, no, you don't have to prove anything to him, dude. No. He's the one willing to say yes to it. He watched it because he decided to. I'm going by the whims of your wheel, and to be honest, based off your reactions, I believe you. He has the decision to say no or yes, so... You you can do whatever the heck you want, man. It's your show. I agree. You don't have to prove nothing to nobody, but I'll you have to prove you either. But it is going to be fun to prove make. it. Prove it to. You don't want it on this browser group. I feel left out. He doesn't have to prove anything to me, but it's still funny to pick on him until we actually do watch it, which I really. Oh no, want. that really does boil no. down sometimes. Fun after, after tonight, I have zero, zero, zero interest in seeing, like. In seeing the holiday special before Rise of Skywalker, I don't need this. I think you Why? absolutely need this. <laughs> I don't the need I, this. The idea but why? This movie was just so bad. It was more boring than bad, but sure. No, that's what I makes it say, bad. I would, this, I would watch this any day of the week over the holiday special. Oh, God. On Sunday. Yes, that's the thing. Like, I don't, like, you're going to get flashbacks to um, Plan 9 after tonight. So, like, but I've actually paid attention. Oh, oh, I got you. I actually gave this movie a chance. So, like. Fair enough. Fair enough. You said that. I believe you. This was, of course, the attempt to retain the rights to the Fantastic Four by 20th Century Fox before they were bought by Years before they were bought by uh, Disney, and um, yeah, it failed. You know, well, you gotta go. You this gotta movie, go a little bit further. Ahead. This movie is one of the worst films of the decade. Wow, really? I know wow. you don't like the tomato meter, but it proves it. Oh. Just like this, the the inciting incident doesn't happen. Okay, first off, before I make that point, this movie is one hour, thirty nine minutes, and what forty one seconds? I don't really care. I don't want. I like like got very bored with it halfway through, and the inciting incident climax. 40. It's an hour. 40 minutes. The inciting incident does not take place until the 47 minute mark. Let me ask you this, Chris. Uh, how long does it take before uh, Bruce Wayne becomes Batman and Batman begins? That movie's well paced and not directed by a drunk That's idiot. Well, it's not ju- I mean, movies are directed by drunk idiots all the time just because that we don't is know true. another story. But those, but those bad movies are better than this. <laughs> that was oh my god uh <laughs> oh 
Okay. Surfer Teen uh, Confronts Fear brilliant. was directed by a complete man. <laughs> but it was with his money. The and that's the, the thing. Josh the Book Trey of Henry spending studio. The Book of Henry. The Book of Henry and Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom were written by an idiot. You mean John Sayles, right? <laughs> and so I, I, I think he's okay. So here's the thing: uh, I don't think that the first half of this movie is bad. Disagree. I think it has very good potential, and I, I, I. If the problem is that they don't have um, more camaraderie between them, um, and the and the second problem is they don't bring Jamie Bell in uh, till like the inciting incident happens. So there's a lot of opportunities they had, and then here's the thing: this movie would have been fine to people. It would have been okay to people if the immediate decision that they made after these characters get their power is to treat it like a body horror movie and to have Mr. Fantastic leave all his friends, that was the dumbest thing they ever could have done because they don't focus on the time of them actually enjoying their powers and learning that they could live as human beings and get past what's happened to their bodies. They show that in a video montage to the government. What we see is them scared and afraid and not being a team. This inciting incident is not the thing that pisses people off, and it shouldn't be. The thing that gives them their powers could have happened 30 minutes before the end of the movie, and I wouldn't have cared. The problem is they don't become a team until 30 minutes before the movie is over. They don't decide that they like each other for five minutes, just five minutes to kill this guy until 30 minutes into the movie because they have legitimate reasons to all think that Miles Teller is a dick. Sue Storm doesn't have any real, uh, like, she just wants to live. She just wants to live and protect her family. That's all her agency is. The other guy's, like, turned into Rock, and his best friend's an asshole, and he's the best character in the movie. And Johnny Storm is, like, just a dude. Just a dude. There's nothing wrong with him. He's just trying to live his life, too. Like, I, I, I don't. There's so much possibility that you could have had, and all you had to do is, like, the moment, like, uh, the moment when they get their powers, don't treat it like it's the worst, scariest thing in the world. And there are a few reasons why that's, that could have worked, if also the second worst decision of this movie wasn't to create that entire third act battle, which, A, makes no sense because we don't understand Dr. Doom's powers, B, he's incredibly overpowered. Incredibly overpowered. He pushes them and like pushes and like uses force fields on these guys when he's blowing people's skulls left and right. So okay. why he's choosing the people he would hate more in this world, like it doesn't make any sense. And then there's the whole like the fact that they don't even like each other until this happens. And there's million, there's like at least hundreds of people dying. Hundreds of people are getting sucked up off the road, and we don't know any, like, we don't even know where these people are. We don't even know the location, necessarily, of the towns that are getting destroyed. And it's just like, there's so lack of interest in whatever is going on, and it sucks. Like, it's one thing to, like, give your characters potential and have a possibility of a movie there. And then make the worst decision ever, and then just jump out of the car as it's driving off the cliff. 
Okay. My turn. This movie start to finish is bad. Start what may, okay, to so... finish. Okay. 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 Hold on. Stop. 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 Okay. Everything after the garage scene at the beginning of the movie, all trash. Acceptable trash to me. Disagree. Here's why I'm going to say this. Have you seen the previous two Fantastic Four movies? Yes. Extensively you think as are- a kid because my parents loved those. <laughs> okay. And you think that they are better representations of what you could do with these characters than what this movie had as potential? Yes, 100%. You honestly think so? You think yes. the stu- – I'm sorry, dude. Sorry. There was so much more potential for having these kids start out this way. But you have to have them be friends. Bring Jamie. Jamie Bell worked on this project. Like, okay. he worked on that project with his best friend for forever. And then they just, the guy brings his son in because he works on cars. No, bring Jamie Bell in. Have more scenes of them actually being four people together with Doctor Doom. They at least have those moments in the other movies. And then turn their bodies into horrors. We don't understand them as a group. We understand them as individuals somewhat, but not as a group. And those, I'm sorry, dude. Those last no, movies are cartoons. But what you could do yeah. actually do with the Fantastic movie, this had potential. No, here's the thing. I'd rather have the Fantastic Four in a cartoon over this dreary mess. By the way, this movie's just dull. Just I agree. Absolutely dull. Well, I don't dull. think... Like, technically, yeah, I, I mean... and it's presented that way. Also, you cannot... Also, I'm talking about execution. You cannot convince me that Miles Teller, Jamie Bell, Kate Mara, and Michael B. Jordan are freaking high school students. Okay, dude, that's the same thing that happens in Spider-Man, so get over That's surface... Lo- no, 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 no. That's... Oh, God. I'm talking Tobey Maguire. I'm talking Tobey Maguire, buddy. Yeah, that was a better you movie, though. Well, that's, the, that's my point. That's my point. That's my point. You're willing to accept this stuff when you enjoy the movie. And all I'm saying is this had potential. Like, this is what I think was the deal. If you look at Josh Trank's history as a director, he made two things. A, a, a show, a miniseries starring Donnie Wahlberg and John Leguizamo called Kill Point, which I know extensively because my roommate loved that show. He had it on DVD and he played it all the time. And he was the kind of guy who only played his favorite things all the time because he loved them. So I know Kill Point very well. And that is a movie, well, it's a TV show about hostage situations, so there's only two locations. And the best thing about it are its performances. And then you look at Chronicle. Chronicle is a very interesting movie as in how it's a found footage movie, but it's also just a found footage movie. And a lot of those shots are just kind of like got in a documentary, in a documentary fashion. It's not really framed specifically. It's about the performances. It's about Michael B. Jordan. It's about Dane DeHaan. It's about those guys, like, killing it. This movie, I think, was supposed to be driven by the performances. I also, think you have someone, Miles Teller, who was, like, just won it, like, just nominated for an Oscar. You have Whiplash. You have Michael B. Jordan. He's got Fruitvale Station. You got Jamie Bell, who, in my opinion, is giving the best performance of the movie. Toby Cabell is amazing. He keeps giving these 
He keeps giving these great performances in shitty movies, and it sucks. And I, I honestly believe this. Kate Mara is committed to what she's doing until the reshoots happen. When the reshoots happen, she's not committed. And it has everything to do with an actor sitting there for weeks playing a character as opposed to someone who's stopped for months and now has to come back. And you can see the lack of commitment in her eyes based also on the fact that her character isn't anything. All I'm saying is I bash this movie a lot. And yes, I do think it's boring. But now that I've seen it again, I'm really more insulted by the fact that they had a possibility of having a really good movie with charismatic actors doing a good job. By the way, Miles Teller and Michael B. Jordan were in a romantic comedy called That Awkward Moment, and they're great together in it. So these guys are charismatic people. Kate Mara's been good and stuff. Like, Josh Trank is meant to get good performances out of people, but you're right, Chris. That guy didn't know what he was doing. He was spending money that he didn't have, and he was being, like, he was being kind of lazy. He was an amateurish director, but I gotta be honest, it's, it's, it's a, probably a combination of both because I guarantee you there are like up and coming directors who are like make something great and studios will throw money at them and then just hide all the terrible stuff they do when they get their movie made. And then when they do something they don't want or they take a movie away from it and the person's all annoying about it, they'll say every terrible thing that person ever did. And I guarantee you every person that's saying that about that person has worse things on, in their closet. Everyone who's saying Anything about him in the studio system, they have skeletons in their closet for days. So yeah, Josh Trank was probably getting drunk on set and stuff like that, but I guarantee you other directors have gotten away with that stuff too. But the real thing that got him screwed from Star Wars is that when they took away his movie, and when they re-edited it, and when they decided to do reshoots, he went to Twitter and he bashed the studio, and he bashed everybody, and he threw everyone under the bus that wasn't him. That was the problem. He took it to the press. Like, okay. It's one thing when you don't make something good, or you make something that's bad, or the studio takes it away. I think this was a possibility where the studio took something away for Josh Trank that could have been okay. I think that he made it too dark and the body horror stuff sucks, and that's in there. That's not reshoots. That stuff is in there. And this could have been too dark of a movie still. But honestly, we can't say what his vision was because they took it away from him. So honestly, he, he lost Star Wars because he couldn't keep his fucking mouth shut. But he, this movie could go either way either it's his fault or the studio messed with what he was doing and we're never going to know the full story which is weird because the guy tried to tell his side of it and it's just made things worse yeah okay all right hold on all that being said yes sure could something have been salvaged with this yes the most frustrating thing about this movie for me is how easily fixed everything everything could be really how would you fix it where I'm do I even saying freaking start? Kind of because I have things that I would I would have loved to do, but like the main thing is you don't like they don't show us them being scared of their powers rather than them enjoying it extensively, and then also don't make fantastic leap. Why did he leave? Like it's not even just a character thing. Like we don't know what he was doing, and then when he comes back, he just comes back, and it's like okay, it just it didn't do anything to your story. Those are the two biggest things that I, like, right off the bat. Outside of that, there's a million things you could have done. There's a million things. There's that thing. There's so much wiggle room because there's so much vagities. Like, Doom just shows up, and we have no idea what he's capable of, where he's been, what he's done. Nothing about anybody. People just show up, and things happen. That's this movie. 
Okay. From a very, like... I'm just going to nitpick this movie, okay? I'm just going to nip... Like I said, in, in the chat. We're going to just rip this movie a new one. At least I am. Okay. Maybe that's the thing. Like, when I look at something like Ready to Rumble, like, the the absolute, like, outlandishness of something like that really stupefies me. The thing... But that's something that could be made. But maybe because I was so just sort of like this washed over me so much that I couldn't like I was trying really hard to see the good things about this movie rather than the dumb things, because you're right. There's just such a it's such a blandness to this. But I think that's the character problem. At the end of the day, I think it's because of the, the there's nothing in these characters, honestly. Okay. Maybe that's the reshoots. Maybe that's the editing. I have no idea. Maybe they took all the interesting stuff out. I, I, but when you write, when you write this script down on paper, it doesn't say anything about who these people are for the longest period of time. And then they hate each other and then they like each other to fight a guy. And we don't even understand any of that. Okay. Allow me to have the floor for even just five minutes. <laughs> Hey, you know me. Sorry. I know, I know. Never mind the fact that these are terrible-looking high, st- high school students in their 30s. Let's, like, he teleported a tiny toy airplane into another dimension. Mm-hmm. And then the worst thing that happens is that the backboard on the back uh, in the high school gymnasium that they're in shatters when it returns into this garbled mess. He just transported a object from our world (laughs) into another dimension and brought it back using (coughs) car parts. I'm sorry, Chris. I'm sorry. I haven't been coughing. Yeah. Take your time. Okay. Grace period over. Okay, so <laughs> just and then they're gonna disqualify them because they broke the backboard, even though they just like broke the rules of physics as we know it, and then the guy um comes in, right? Um Tim Blake Nelson and uh Timar, they come in and they're just like you just did the impossible. Why don't you come and work for us on this giant government project? I'm like, stop, 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 You are a little, you're a little wrong, but you're not I, wrong. In the I almost that, had an um, aneurysm. They don't, they, they don't work for the government. They are a privately owned business okay, that okay. is connected to a school. So, like, sure. it's, a re- it's a research center called the Baxter Building. So they're not it's for the, the government. It isn't until the explosion happens. Well, this is what bothers me. When the accident happens, the government takes over because they blow out Manhattan, right? And then once they blow out Manhattan, the government takes over, and they're like, you blew out Manhattan. We need to know what the hell happened here. Oh, you created superhumans? we got to take over this. But yet, Tim Blake Nelson, the guy who was financing everything, still is calling the shots? He never worked for the government. Why are they still privately owned? They almost destroyed Manhattan. Like, the government should be all over this. 
So, but you're not wrong in the sense that it's the problem is not that they show up to this school thing, this like science fair that they're having. The problem is the science fair looks like it's filled with kids. It looks like it looks like an elementary school science fair. That's like, the problem. That's why that's, that's why the these are the worst looking like high school students because everything because it's that's how it's presented at least like at least Toby Maguire was in a high school at least Andrew Garfield was in a high school and Tom Holland they were in high school like these guys are in, <laughs> these high school students oh my god these high school students no hey Here's how you fix this in reshoots. Really simple. Let's say they do that. And they had plenty and they of them. Shoot it the way they, they like. Let's plenty of opportunities where they could have simply fixed this. I agree. But like, let's say they do this. They shoot there. They have Miles Teller there. They have Jamie Bell there, and then they have a bunch of elementary kids there. They shoot it in a gymnasium. It looks like it's cheap and done in a high school in general. But then somebody shoots the event on their phone, and Kate Mara and Frank see it online and they go this isn't fake because we do that that's the stuff that we get transferred to us we know this is real and then they get in contact with the two guys at their place when the two guys are like when jamie bell and him are like hanging out all of a sudden kate mara and her dad shows up at his house make like makes way more sense than then showing up at a kid's gymnasium to two 30 year olds at a science fair are you kidding me Just and then everything after that, like, is just as we've pointed out, boring. And when you look into it, it's bad because, like, Reed Richards in this movie is very inconsistent, and I don't like him. Uh, he's he's also unlikable. He's terrible. He is just, he's terrible. He's okay, so like, I understand. Like, he's not you cool. want. No, he's not. No, it'll be here's the thing. There's charm in that. Like if you present him as being like nerdy and as being like that like that good guy that Marvel that Disney Marvel is so could be so good at doing. I, they I, did it with I freaking Bruce Matter. Okay. So like you could do it, but they don't present him that way. And I think the scene that kind of breaks the camel's back, well, besides Josh Trank's terrible direction with character and Miles Teller's just not knowing what to do with the guy. Like, like strip all that away. The scene that breaks the camel's back is when he gets drunk. Like, he's the one who says, like, okay, screw NASA. We're going in. Why isn't it Victor Von Doom? Like, why is... You're making Reed Richards more responsible for this. Which then... To me, broke my line of thinking. I'm like, okay, why is Reed Richards... Okay, now this movie's following its own logic. Okay, Reed Richards, this goody-two-shoes nerd, gets drunk and says, screw NASA, we're going in ourselves. Okay, and then everybody... They just turn him into... A, the, and then he runs away for a year. He ditches his friends for a year trying to find a solution, cool. so to speak. It's not cool at all. And well, we don't know him. We don't know any of his... Right. Okay, so why are we at this point, at the middle of this 100-minute film, right, 100, like, 47-minute mark, 
is when they get their powers. That is awful to me. That is straight up bad. And like, oh God. All right. I'm on a roll. I, I got to keep this going. We had I wouldn't have cared if we had characters we cared about. The name of my third album. Uh, <laughs> um, so, just, and then, oh, God. It's hard, to, it's hard to follow after that. It's just like. It's boring. So I hate this I, movie. I agree with you. I, I agree with you that like, miss, like, oh God, Reed Richards is a dick. He is a huge dick. But I, I think there is potential for some of the things here. Like, because when he sees, <laughs> when he sees Sue for the first time in the library, she reads him wrong. She goes, you want to be famous? He's like, no, I just want my stuff to matter. And then when they're drunk, it's Von Doom that makes the argument in the first place that puts the seed in Reed's idea, in head in the first place. He's the one that, because Reed doesn't say anything when they find out that NASA's going to take over. He's like, oh, that kind of sucks. I did it. But I guarantee you he would have been like, well, that's, you know, what's going to happen. It's Von Doom who's like, let's get drunk. And then when they're getting drunk, he's like, dude, it should be us. Like, you don't know who was like, who walked on the moon. But you don't know who built the, the lunar module. No one knows that. He's the one that egged that on. And because Reed was drunk, because he was sitting there working with this guy for so long, he had the wrong voice in his ear. And that's what makes it the mad scientist story that works with the Fantastic Four in the first place. They were scientists who went too far. Von Doom is the one who went there alone. And because he didn't have people with, with, who went with him, he went insane. The team together had each other when they were figuring out their powers and could lean on each other as they did that. They don't show that in this movie. So it's really weird thing. that they don't do that. Here's the thing. That's that like it's at that point when they when they just start drinking in the middle, right before they decide, screw it, let's just go in there. It's like at that point where the movie just like uh, the movie should not have happened honestly. Like at that point it's like okay, they go in, it goes wrong. It, no, it should have been Victor's like like um spurring on that should have pushed them into it is honestly it is no but the, the movie presents saying no. bad stuff when they're on the here's the thing though go ahead they present it as though like but here's the thing it's Reed Richards who's like who gets up and says no we should just do it like you should like I like, know okay no no no, I, no 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 so like um <laughs> so like Victor Von Doom may suggest that it like it should be us, like it should be us, man. And then it's like Richard is like, no, no it I, should I, be us. Let's go in there. It should be Victor Von Doom who's like, no, screw it, let's go in there. It's not Victor Von Doom who says that. It's Reed Richards. That's wrong. Yeah. Okay. No, that's not. But let me put it this way: Is it wrong for the character to show in your movie? It might be because you didn't like it. However, I don't think it's wrong if you're consistently setting up a pattern that leads to a bad decision that a person has to overcome. For example, if Reed is a dick for a while and makes poor decisions, but then when they get their power, helps them become a team and then fights Von Doom in the end, 
that would be Reed Richards coming and like fixing his problems. And here's the thing. When Reed Richards first walks in, here's a guy who immediately is like, hey, um, you're dumber than me, but you fixed what I did, so I'm going to treat you like a jerk this entire time. Then he sees her talking to Sue, and he really intimidates him. And Reed Richards is like sidestepping that stuff with, hey, we're finished. Go play with it. I'm going to go take a nap and walk away from this situation. Like, th- he's a, This entire time, he's been trying to earn the respect of a guy he's intimidated by. So when he's getting drunk with him, hearing bad news, and the guy's like, we should be out there. He's like, yeah, we should be out there. It should be us. I'm going to get my best friend. He's my backup, and we're going to go out there. And then when they go there, who's the first person who keeps saying stupid stuff? It's Victor. He's like, hey, let's go Let's go to the edge of this cliff. And they're like, I don't know about that. And like Reed's like, yeah, let's go. Come on. And like, let's go down this cliff. Yeah, it's cool, man. Jamie, come on. Let's go down. Like, Ben, come on. Let's go down this hill. He's like, he keeps, he keeps following him because he thinks he's on the same level with him now. He's trying to be with him now. He's trying, like, he's only had Ben. And now he's got this guy who's treating him like he's Ben. And he's like, I want to be on the same level as this guy. So those elements are there. But I also agree that you can't do that and then immediately have him leave all his friends. That was my that's, mission. That's, that's, what, that's what I'm getting to. Like, this movie. I think the piece. Again. This movie did not have to do that. Like. What could have happened is like he's escaping through the vents and then he sees Ben and then he gets into the room and tries to help tries to help him out. And then he gets taken and then they just get Why taken away by <laughs> Why escape? Why do they have to be in a situation of escape? They've just been through harrowing stuff. They're, like two of them are children of the guy who runs the thing. Why not just have them okay. wake up and be scared? And then come together as a team. Why Why does there have to be money men who are running this? Like, just get that out of the way. Why do they run from stuff? Because guess what? He comes back and they're all friends again anyway. It's just, okay, so my line of thinking is like, okay, dumb line of thinking. I, oh God, I can't believe I'm about to this def- is, this defend movie, this movie. This movie's and- testing our friendship. Oh, it is. I don't think we've ever. I don't think we've. I don't think we've. I do not think we've disagreed on anything. I don't think we've disagreed on anything this strongly. Uh, I've usually. I usually back down at this point. But I, I. I agree that it's a boring movie. I'm gonna forget it in a couple of days. I don't think there's any interest in it. And if anything, I think now not only is it a boring movie, it's a boring movie that insults me by giving up at the end, like. It it's it's like if someone just like made you bad food and then you were like, can I talk to the chef? And then everyone in the restaurant leaves and you're like, oh, my God, I guess I don't have to pay for anything. But like, what the hell just happened? Like the entire third act makes no sense. And it's it is the epitome of everyone giving up, just everyone giving up and expecting nothing it's, from their audience. But simpleton, it's no. really really upsetting but it's also lazy so i don't want to like focus on it that much i just think there were pieces here there was something here it's like it's not the snyder cut but i would i am kind of interested in what josh trank was gonna do but the worst decision ever was having reed richards leave so if that was in the original thing then like you were already screwing it up in the first place so if that was there from the beginning then there was nothing that could have saved this 
but maybe when you, you look at that ending and it's like whatever but if there's one thing i will fight to the ends of this earth chris if there's one thing i will stand for and die on my hill it's i will watch over and over again victor von doom exploding people's heads down a hallway than i would ever watch that holiday special again <laughs> I would watch on loop for a solid hour and a half of Von Doom doing that to like the Benny Hill <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> this movie gives you possibilities and then Von Doom shows up and he's like, none of you people deserve anything that you have. And then just starts blowing people's head like a woman screams and then her head blows up. I'm like, yes, Von Doom, like, I love you. When that Destroy happened. it all. Kill everyone. And then he does, and I'm like, oh, well, this sucks. I don't want everyone to... I don't even know these people. This movie's terrible. But, like, when he's blowing up... Like, when the when the whole lighting grid falls on the entire people in the glass room, I, I laughed. I laughed pretty heartily. Like, <laughs> I was having such problems trying to watch this movie. Once that happened, I was, like, laughing in my gut. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. It's so overpowering. It's so dumb. It's so dumb to have a villain that powerful and then solve him by punching. Oh, God, it's so dumb. But, like, it's beautiful. Like, when he blows up Tim Blake Nelson's head, it's like it's Mars Attacks. Oh, I love it. Like, I, okay. I'll stand by that. Sure. Like, okay, sure, yeah. In isolation, that scene is great. Everything around it is trash. Oh, sure, yeah. And sure, yeah, watching that scene, watching that scene of him blowing people's heads off is pretty hilarious. But, like, if we're talking about overall experience, I'll still take those those other two, the previous two. Honest to God. Um, I will take those previous two Fantastic Four movies. Like, I will... Oh, yes. I may... I may forget this movie. I will never forget how bad this movie is. I will never forget it. It's just bad. I think I'm gonna feel. I think I feel the same way. I'm just not as passionate about it as you. I just feel no, like this is such this. a wet. Up. I just. Oh God. I. I mean. Okay. So I watched. I watched the Blues Brothers this weekend again. I rewatched it, and um, I'm not gonna get into how bad the sequel is. That's a terrible movie. But. <laughs> There's a thing in the first movie where um, the Blues Brothers, one of them gets out of prison, the other one takes them around town as they're trying to get the band back together. And there's this woman, it's Carrie Fisher, actually. Carrie Fisher's following the Blues Brothers, and she's trying to kill them at every corner. She tries to shoot them with a gun. She tries to use a rocket launcher. She uses a rocket launcher, and she destroys an entire building with them inside it. And then the Blues Brothers get out from a pile of bricks. They dust themselves up, and then they get on with their day. And that is exactly what this is. I feel like I went to go see a movie. Someone blew up the theater. I got up. I dusted myself off. And I was like, huh, okay. And I walked away. It is such a just people stepped away from this. They were just like, oh, my God. This person's a homeless person on the street. I'm just going to walk around this real quick and go home. Like, yeah, it's so boring. But the possibility, like, I would watch the older movies for sure. But what they do with that, with this property, annoys me. Like, you can do so much with the Fantastic Four. There's, there's something there. But, and the possibilities were there here, but then there were also just horrible choices. 
there was an amateur director, and there was a studio that came in and didn't know what to do and then gave up at the end. So there's a lot of reasons why this thing's a piece of crap. But I, I really wish I agree it wasn't as boring of a crap piece of crap. I wish it was more interesting. But like watching it again, I would I, I don't want to watch this again, but there are this Ever. isn't that terrible of a movie. This isn't no, like terrible. there there are because here's the thing. I like Toby Cabell. I think Toby Cabell gives good performances and things and like his voice is doom, his attitude. It's the same thing as the way he carried himself in um um not Endgame, but Infinity War. Like, I loved his, perf- his just small way that he carried himself in Infinity War. is the same way he carries himself in this. It's the same way he carries himself when he's, um, not Caesar, but uh, the opposite at Koba. In, um, the, Koba. In the I'm sorry? Koba. Koba. Yeah, Koba. When he's Koba. Like, like, Toby Cabell constantly gets put in things that don't work, and it sucks. And I think he's really good in this. I think Michael B. Jordan's really uh, charismatic. I hear Miles Teller is a dick, and no one likes to work with him, and that's why he doesn't get jobs anymore. So I'm not surprised. <laughs> that he... uh, and then Kate Mara, like I said, I think if they gave her a character and then gave her didn't fill this full of reshoots with a bad wig, people wouldn't recognize when she oh wasn't committed and when she was. God, her wig was the wig is terrible, awful, so bad. But when she didn't have the – instead of sitting there and going, I'm going to watch her wig so I know when the reshoots are happening and then I can watch the reshoots, I watched the times when she wasn't. And I was like, okay, she actually had an idea of who Storm was. And she would go to her trailer and then wake up the next day and try to be this same woman. And there's consistency the in the way she is carrying herself. I, I, I just think when it comes to being an actress, when you're sitting there and you're working on something consistently day after day – it's like any job. You just get into a rhythm of it. You have an idea. She is paid to be a person for day after day after day. And then to leave and have to come back for months and do something that you don't want to do, you're going to be less committed. And you can see that here. So I was just trying to like look at what she was doing with Sue when she was actually Sue. And if they gave her a character, I would have liked it. I, I think she would have been good if they just had her be more than I want to survive and live my life and have my family be okay. Because that's it. Like, I, it, There is potential here that was squandered on such on like the basis of levels. It's like hiring Michael Jackson to press play on your CD player. Mm-hmm. It's so it's such a waste. Yeah. Michael Jackson's coming over to play music at my house. Really? Yep. Presses play and then you're like, ah. Oh. No, I just have it's a child uh... molester in my house. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a joke, but then it just faded away. Anyway, um, oh. that's... <laughs> Beat it. Oh, my God, dude. Anyway. Um, yeah, that's probably the most frustrating thing about this movie for me. It's just, like, how much better it could have been. Yeah, if everybody like like if they knew what this was going in, which they didn't, and if everybody was like, oh god, oh my god. So let me and, like, let me ask you this. I know, uh, well, like, what, uh, go ahead. No, it's just it's just like the whole. Him leaving for a full year. <laughs> How many smash cuts were in this movie? In this movie, by the way. Um, 
And like it's not a very interestingly visual movie in that sense. Like the editing isn't creative. There aren't like a lot of wipes or dissolves. It's mostly yeah, it's it's also this CGI is awful. Yeah. Like it's pinnacle bad for a movie of this scale. (coughs) Holy cow. He's getting sick just thinking about it. Um, so I, that's, that's kind of the other point. Like, I think you could have made a movie where they don't get their powers to when they do, and they don't fight some kind of battle until the end, if we cared about these people. And then you wouldn't have, happen to have, like, that much CGI. But because their ending is, like, so bare bones, since you have no idea what Doom can do, and since they give him the power to do everything... And then put a like beam of light that comes in. It's like, uh, we're just gonna do the portal thing, and he can do everything. We have no idea why. Go. Then yeah, they're gonna like throw every like, bit of CGI at it. The thing about this movie, the thing, <laughs> um, as I was watching I this movie, <laughs> um, it's on the blacklist. So the thing about this movie that's right as i was watching this whole movie i'm thinking kevin feige would have made something out of this and i honestly believe that well that's what i was gonna ask you okay so let's imagine this movie um does well it it it, not not just necessarily as it is let's say we fix it and we fix the ending, they get their powers, they become friends. For the last half an hour, it's a good battle. Doom is gone in some way. And these are the actors you have, they're going to get a sequel. What do you want to see? With this cast of characters, with this is the way they are, fix their little intricacies. Like, Reed is still a dick, but he, like, he, he redeems himself in the end, and they all become friends. And he the ending suck. makes sense, and you want more. I guess Reed is I'm a... Sorry? Uh... I guess Reed is a bit of a douche because he did side with uh, Tony Stark in uh, the original Civil War comic. But go ahead. Honestly, what uh, I want to see is I... Honest to God, what I really would like to see if, like, in a perfect world, you know, the the MCU takes these actors and they make a, a sequel to this. and it's set Which in they the- should not. They absolutely should not. Again, Chris, this is just... I know. I know it's hypothetical. Hypothetical. I would love, love, love to see them do like full blown scrolls. Like not just secret invasion, not just thing. Like I mean like super scrolls, the whole nine yards and go way whack. Like the Fantastic Four comics are like the wackest shit ever. Like they they battle interdimensional monsters one week and space aliens the next week. I mean it's it's crazy, dude. That I want them. No, I seriously want Fantastic Four to be like the whack shit, like the really really like. I don't know no, what drugs you were smoking, that. but let's get some of that. <laughs> Kids, wow. are you ready for the wackiest shit down? New Fantastic Four comic. I didn't like it took me so long to process that. <laughs> Hashtag the wackest oh, shit. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm sorry, Zach. I gotta be honest. Who says that anymore and pulls it off so well? You pulled it off very well. 
Because to be honest, I agree. Fantastic Four comics, from what I understand, are the craziest. Um, yeah, I, I, I just think, I, I think it would be. Here's, here's the thing about the casting. I think the worst person in it is probably Miles Teller. But yeah, Tommy Wiseau could have done a better job. Um, no, I think Miles Teller is actually pretty good in, in like, the nerdness. Like, I think, like, when he does the fisting, I, I don't think Miles Teller is bad. I just think it sucks he's a jerk because no one wants to work with him. Um, and I, 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 and also he just is, he's an unlikable character, but I like his moments with Jamie Bell. For me, Jamie Pell is the best performance of this entire movie. And I loved him. I don't think Sue Storm had a chance. So I like Toby Cabell. I like Michael B. Jordan right off the bat. And yes. Miles Teller, it just I, I wish he wasn't a dick, and I didn't know that. Um, or and just Jamie Pell's great. I, I, I really, at the end of the day, just replace Miles Teller and give Sue Storm a better arc, and I'm all about this cat. But I hate the fact that Jamie Bell does not get to play this part anymore. I love them, yeah. and I would have loved to see his thing. Well, I think there's, there's uh, a chance that they, I honestly, hear me out here. I think there's a distinct chance that when they reboot it, that there's no reason why they couldn't just give Jamie Bell the thing, though. The role is I mean, there's no reason why they couldn't. Yeah. It doesn't have I to be tough, replaced... but you can cast okay. an actor known for it. It's like, Disney's always talk talking about if they ever really... Exactly. How they've offered uh, Hugh Jackman the role of Wolverine over and over and over again. He keeps telling him no. Zach, you're forgetting one thing. Thank Miles Teller's Reed Richards is nowhere near the level of awesome that Hugh Jackman is as Wolverine. Also, 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 people are insane, but they're not stupid. They'll always remember this movie if they see Jamie Bell as the thing. They always will. Sure, let them remember how bad the movie was, but also remember that Jamie Bell is the best part of the movie. They won't remember that. Yeah, to be honest. No, I'm sorry. I agree. Like, if Jamie Bell was carried over into another movie, I would be fine with it because he is so good. But honestly, at the end of the day, just I feel bad that he doesn't get to play this version of this character because I thought it was the best superheroed version out of all of them. Like, he understood it. His powers were the most interesting. His character was the most interesting beforehand. And his performance through the CGI was interesting. So I, I was for it 110%. At the end of the day, it just makes me go, I should watch more Jamie Bell. Jamie Bell had an entire AMC show for like four seasons called Turn that nobody watched. So like, I just got to like watch more of his stuff. Apparently, he's just a good actor and people should give him more chances. So that's what I learned at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, I think like if anything came out of this truly, I think it's the fact that they really should put Jamie Bell in, a, in an MCU movie of some kind, whether it's as Ben Grimm or as something else. I really do think he needs to get himself in the MCU and I think it would be a lot of fun. And honestly, he's in some of my favorite movies. He's in King Kong. He's like one of the best parts of King Kong. He's in Tintin, which we've agreed is like a really fun movie uh, despite its its problems. He, Snow, Snowpiercer has, isn't the Oh one. my god, he was in that. I forgot. Yes. That's right. God, he's so good. Uh, he was in Rocket Man. Burning out the shoes up here. Uh, he was in uh, Billy Elliot, which I'm sure we know about. Uh, Flags of Our Forefathers. Yeah, I mean, like, started. All like, right. Yeah, I mean, like, he's in all kinds of good stuff. I mean, Nymphomaniac, for those who, like, care about that movie. Okay. 
Uh, both of those movies are not bad. I actually like Lars Van Trier. He makes weird yeah. movies. All right, let's grade it and then... Antichrist. Uh, let's grade it and then spin a wheel. Sure, let's do it. Well, I, I answer my question, though, Chris. What would you want to see from the sequel from these if you had it? Um, Just not even the actors, the characters. A feeling of... This idea of what better, the best version of what theatrical was. Oh, God. Oh, man. Dang it. I can't think of it off the top of my head. I'd have to really think about that. I'd have to get past how bad this movie is. Um, honestly, I can't think off the top of my head. Maybe because I'm getting a headache. <laughs> um, but yeah. Shoulda, coulda, woulda, but... Alright. That's great. I don't know. In... Maybe you're right. Maybe I need old movies. Yeah, we just need to, like... I, I probably need to sit on that. Um, okay. Let's grade it and give it a... And spin a wheel. Okay, I'll go first. Um, F minus. Screw this movie. I hope it burns in hell. Oh, come on, dude. You don't... Dude, compared to, like, Surfer? Okay, sure, fine. Um, F plus. I'm just saying your scale so weird. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm not giving this movie a passing grade. My place. <laughs> I'm not giving this movie a passing grade. Ah, jeez, like this is a, this is a, this is a interesting topic for us. Shoulda, coulda, woulda, Alex. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. Yeah, but like this, like there's some good shots in here. There's not some bad stuff. But, like there's this there's nothing memorable. Dude, he blows up skulls. One. Jamie Bell in isolation. I think Jamie Bell and the heads exploding are. are I'm judging for the. Me to say I am judging the movie as a whole. Special. I'm judging the. I'm judging the whole off of the worst things that I've ever seen in my life. And the things that I would never sit through. That's again. unfair. And to you've be seen honest, more bad than I, I have. No, no, no. But also, that's not unfair because Zach, I'm also the kind of guy who like loves weird stuff that nobody. I've I've seen a movie where Casey Affleck and Matt Damon walk through a desert. That's it. Until one of them strangles the other. That's it. There's no. There's even the music is repetitive and droney and classical. The shots are nothing but two people walking in the desert. They don't even talk to each other for more than five minutes. I, this movie is called Jerry, and I have stood by it, and I have defended it, while other people look at me like I'm like praising a screensaver. So, like, I like stuff that people think is stupid, and I've stood by it. And I've got it, and, like, all I'm saying is, I have seen some bad out there, yeah, but, like, if I'm comparing this to what I think is boring, like, the most unwatchably boring stuff sometimes... I'm going to go ahead and grid this. You D cut plus. out. D plus? Oh, D plus. Okay. I'm going to go just, D plus. I, I can't give this a passing grade. I, I, I got it, dude. Like, I agree. There's not much, there's not much merit to this, but like, I. Yeah, sure. Oh, the head's exploding. It's exploding alone. It's a plus material, but just the stuff surrounding it and the context to it and what happens after that is just. Oh, I just I, I gotta be honest. I love I love the movie 
there's, a, there's an old movie called The Fly. Like, there's two old movies called The Fly, but, and both of them are essentially the same story. A guy discovers something scientific that he's just excited about. He's so amazed about it, but he's also falling in love at the same time. And you follow this trajectory of a guy becoming addicted to what he's discovered and this relationship falling apart. And it's beautiful because you don't realize that this movie about beautiful science becomes a mad scientist story and then a horrific horror movie at the end. And it's just the way it moves is very elegant and perfect and beautiful. And there's two ways that you can tell that story. One is horrific and gross, and one is emotional and romantic. And both of those things exist. And I wanted that here. And it was there. It was there gestating under this this like mold of boring. There was this possibility that these people got together and created something and became a family in that effort. And then it destroyed them. And in that destruction, some of them found that their family was the most important thing, while somebody else didn't. They, they, they retreated into themselves and became the worst element of themselves. That stuff is here. And you can tell that with all the body horror and with all the creepiness, but you have to have them become a team. If you don't do that, even when they're before the horror, they don't become a team before and they don't become a team after. And it's super weird the weirdest thing about this team-up movie more so than any other superhero movie this is about them becoming a team it's the fantastic four not batman not superman not wonder woman not shazam not joker this is a team and they don't become a team ever but it's there and it's just there's something better than that than say like Battlefield Earth, which to me is a real hardcore chore. I would watch this over Watchmen. I would watch this over any Zack Snyder movie right now. Yeah, okay, and I sure. And horrible saying that. No, no, here's the thing. Okay, sure, maybe compared to, like, some other bad comic book movies or other worst films out there, I'm, like, to me, it's, like, as it stands on its own. Well, what, what, what did I just try an accident on accident? What was that? What was that? I was right, gonna anyway. say I was. I was gonna let it go. I was totally gonna let it go. But <laughs> yeah, I was like, I, honestly, <laughs> I don't care. Oh my god! What just <laughs> happened? When I, I when I think about Zack Snyder, one of my biggest crit- critiques is that he doesn't make cohesive movies like it's it's like you wa- you're watching his me- his movies with the dvd setting of scenes on scramble so nothing works it's all weird but you all know it's part of the same movie but when i watch this i i get the fluidity all the way up until the end battle then i'm like none of this makes sense but right before that happens is one of my favorite things that happens in the movie so am i gonna watch this again no am i gonna have to watch the dc movies again yeah so we'll see how I feel when that day comes and how I feel about those oh, things. Oh, man, when that, but, ooh, man when, the, when that series will lands on that. Oh, man. I don't know. I, I, the other thing is I watched Boondock Saints right before this, too, and I was really wanted to walk into that appreciating the things about that movie that people don't anymore. Like, it's, it's got a bad rep these days. It's like Forrest Gump. Like, there are real good reasons why people shouldn't like those movies. Or why people don't, 
but I love them. I, I, I wanted to find out the merits in them that made them good, opposite of what I like about them. And I wanted to walk into this away from the way I walked into it the first time, which is everything that you're saying right now is exactly what I kept hearing when it came out. And I was like, yeah, this is dumb and it's boring and stupid. And I watched it this time and I'm like, no, Jane Bell's good. The head made me laugh. Like, Kara Mar- Mara is trying when she's there and when she doesn't believe in it, she's not. And that's fair. And Toby Cabell is, like, screwed again. So there are things in this that I'm like, oh, you could have planted the seed here and gotten another tree. Like, you could have done this over here. That it, it, I don't know. It, it's better than some crap that I've seen. I just know there's crap out there that's worse than this. Okay. Zach, what do you give it? First question before I answer that. Oh, boy. Okay. Which would you vote for? A douche or a turd sandwich? I wouldn't vote. You don't get that option. This is America, damn it. I can not vote if I don't want to. Nope, this is America. You don't get that decision. You are technically voting. What? Dang it, Alex. (laughs) Why did you have to do that? (laughs) Or a turd sandwich. A douche. That's the the world, man. Alright, this movie is 15 turd sandwiches out of 25 douches. (laughs) That is about as much sense as this whole movie makes. I don't know, dude. He really just really blows those heads up. There's something fierce. There's blood on the walls and everything. Like I said, 15 douches out of 25 turd sandwiches. All right. Yeah, yeah. I'm watching, I'm watching them go on the dimensional planet again because I've had this movie on loop. And I tell her it was bad. Yeah. Interpret that how you feel, but that's so, my, that's my so What are we doing, curiosity wheel? It's up to you guys. I you vote, don't want to know what I want to do. I vote we do... I don't know. I, I'm going to honestly just vote for the Christmas special. I, that's, that's what I'll always do. <laughs> Can't. You got you to gotta make an actual decision here. God Curiosity, damn good it. or bad. God damn it. Uh, good. Okay, we got one for good. One of us is going to be a tiebreaker, Chris. Do you want to you save your piece or do you want me to be a tiebreaker? Um, no, I'm going to surprise you. But you go first. All right. Um, we've done a lot of bad. I like his idea of good, but we also did Treasure Planet last week mm-hmm. or last time. And um, I like Curiosity. So are you – my thing is, are we solid on our options for the Curiosity Wheel? Because I don't think uh, I've announced For my those five, yet. yeah, I'll go with whatever they are. I'll take your surfs up. I can't believe you did that. Um, all right, I think we should go. Okay, if I if I had if I if I could choose the bad wheel, I'd choose the bad wheel just to get that damn holiday special off the wheel. But since keep going, it. Not, keep going. Keep going on the terrible. Are you, are you really saying that? 
You really want to roll another gamble? You want to play roulette again? I want to play roulette again. <laughs> Do you guys really want to see another bad movie? Yes, I if want it... to see bad okay. movies until the holiday specials off it. Some yeah, of these are bad. We got a good discussion. I, I think we got a good. I think I, I yes, I did talk a lot today. <laughs> you did. But this movie brought up a good discussion, and I know if we'll ever be done with it. But I think deep down, we may not be ever talk. We may not never watch or talk about this movie again. But when we're talking about something else, we'll know when we're talking about this. I'll feel it. I'll feel it in my gut. I'll bring it up again. We'll be talking about a movie out and be like, this is just like that fan four stick thing again. I can feel it. I'm so bad movies do get the good do get the goods out of us. Ugh, God. I I want Chris to continue to bite the bullet until we get it. <laughs> <laughs> that is actually a funny storyline. I, I, I like how much can we take? Oh, I could I could take it over and over and over again until <laughs> we get it. Oh my because God. you will watch the holiday. Oh, before yeah. Rise of Skywalker. Because I have because I have a nominee for the Bad Whale. Oh, what's the nominee? Mean Girls. The movie's great. Dude, that's a good movie. In my okay, then we'll put it on the curiosity wheel because my because in my immediate no, circle outside of this podcast, actually, everybody hates that. The movie's actually just good though. Wow. Okay, well let, I won't well, then, I will not I don't know I that. Say, well, no, no. Like, let let me let me ask you this: Why, in your immediate circle, is it considered a bad movie? Let me just okay, ask let me earnestly. Allow you allow, allow, allow me to read the comment that was just posted on Facebook. Hold on, that I just posted on Facebook. Like how in Mean Girls, everyone was mad at Katie Heron for things that happened in the Burn book before she even arrived at the school. That's that to me is a nitpick. Okay. Right. I, that like here's the thing that yeah That's like mean girls is has it has holes. no like I I mean girls does have holes in it like any other movie it has like it's just a teen comedy but at the same time it's genuinely good it's a genuinely good movie All right. I think it's a good time. I would <sighs> say Curiosity Wheel for sure because I want you to watch it and see for yourself. It's a female-driven movie. It's about the uh, ethics of being a teenage girl. It's about how crazy they are. And also, it's genuinely funny. Tina Fey is funny in it. Tim Meadows is in it. Uh, Lindsay Lohan, it's her best performance, at, I think, outside of Parent Trap. As a child actor, Parent Trap's pretty impressive. Also, literally. But as, like, a normal, like... A... Oh, uh, man. It's funny. It's funny movie. Like... I like it. I am at an impasse right now. That movie is also super duper quotable. I am legit. I am at an impasse. You gotta stop trying to make fetch a thing, okay? You can't make fetch a thing. (laughs) Like it's got a great supporting cast that have all gone on to do great things. Yeah, man. Now I want to watch Mean Girls. Anyway, uh, so what's your impasse, Chris? Go for it. So the bad will or the curiosity will? I really don't know. Bad will. I'm okay. feeling I'm feeling, I, I I'm gotta feeling be really crazy right the now. The Curiosity Wheel is fun and we will get to it. It's it's gonna have it's gonna be interesting because there's some nut stuff on the Curiosity Wheel. But I am really interested in your suicidal like Russian roulette you have going on with the holiday special. Because like I I agree 
that it's like I would love for you to watch it beforehand, but it's the wheel. That's the thing. It's the it's the gamble of it. Like if you if you <laughs> don't watch it beforehand, it's because the universe said so. That's the point. Like I have no I have no sway on that. The fact that you were like, you know what? Put another gun in the pillow. <laughs> like I'm for it. <laughs> I'm kind of I'm kind of like okay. I'm Thelma to your Louise. Let's drive off this cliff a little bit. There are 15 bullets in this chamber. Only one will kill me. Uh, yeah. I like, and then some I, I feel like we gotta start removing, just straight up removing bullets from that until only the kill, the, the one there. Nope, that's not how it works. That is, that is actually a funny thought, though. It's not. We're not doing that, but it is actually funny to think about. <laughs> every time you remove it, we don't add something, and it just gets more likely every week. <laughs> no, like if we do, if we do it that way, then we have to count how many weeks there are until the Last Jedi, and how many weeks we may Then you whittle it down, because then you make those odds good. Because that's the only window we're going for here, really. At the end, no, of but the here's day. the thing: is now a good time? Should we wait until we're that much closer? Hold on, to hold the on, movie. Hold on. So there's one, two, December twentieth. Five, six. I memorized the release date. Seven. There's seven weeks of Rise of Skywalker. Plus, there's no guarantee we record each week. Exactly. Plus, no guarantee that we record each week. Plus, I'm if we, pretty, if like we land on it. On if we land on it, we're not reviewing another movie until we are all in the same room watching it. Yeah, that's the other thing. Okay. That is my mandate on that movie. Okay. So you're saying do nothing but bad movies until Star Wars with the the understanding that this is a game of Russian roulette on that holiday special. Is that what you're saying? And by the game of Russian roulette, we mean every time you do it, we're not putting something back on it. No. We're not doing. We're not doing so that. That's how Russian roulette works. Is you 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 click it. Well, no, we have we have fifteen slots. It doesn't matter. The, I mean, the whole point is if we keep doing it for like five weeks, like that's scary enough as it is. I like it. Yeah, let's do it. We do. We do have a back catalog. Unless you do want to. Unless Chris, you do want to play that game. Because yes, no, no, like, no, no. He Here's correct, what we're gonna do. Like, whittling it down. As- I we're like gonna play a game to see which game we're gonna play. Okay. I'm gonna make. <laughs> well, um, I like it. I like it. Make another he's wheel. leaving. He's leaving his chances really hot. So you're making. So you're, you're making a wheel for us to either decide to spend the good curiosity bad, or go five straight weeks, seven straight weeks bad. No, this is the no. Just for to, just for this week. This is just for this week. Gotcha. Okay, good, bad, curious. So you're making a wheel for the good, bad, or curiosity wheel? Yes. This is so stupid. This is getting meta. That's All right. Honestly, I think you so should you're just, play, like, You're playing Russian with... roulette on top of your Russian roulette? Yes. I feel like you're just trying to put walls in between you and those special, even thicker. I know. No, I think you should just <laughs> a little bit. and just do bad movies. I feel like you're getting some bureaucracy in here. Oh I think God. he's worried. I think he's All ready right. to actually land on it. <laughs> the closer we get, the more right, worried though. I am. I curiosity bad if you pick good. Like, all three picks, three different things. Because I really just None don't know what to do. Tiebreaker. I do like the thrill of whether we're not gonna, whether or not we're going to land on it. Okay, so here we go. I'm going to spin this first wheel. 
Good, bad, or curious. Oh, okay, so let me ask you, Chris. Do you take one more back? Wait for him to clear his nasal cavity or his throat, whichever one. Do you honestly think that? Do, do you honestly think that you could watch one more bad movie? Uh, okay, here's the deal. Here's what I'm going to do. I got a power play. Of the equation. Do you do it here? Okay, here's what I got. Here's what I'm going to do. If we land on the bad wheel, I have a contingency. Okay, so a friend of mine, I'm on a Prince kick recently. So I've never seen Purple Rain start to finish. So a friend lended it to me on DVD. So I have it here. Also, I also have Princess Mononoke with me, which I also haven't seen. So I'm going to watch that too. And then I'm going to watch another bad freaking movie and talk about it. So I have that contingency. Crazy. It's a crazy double feature. Yes. Okay. So good, bad, or curious. I'm going to spin now. Back to the fart sound. I can't look. Da-da! Going. It's the good wheel. Oh my god. Oh my god, it's the good wheel. <laughs> I liked Chris when he was crazy and wanted to take fucking roulette. Well we well we changed the good wheel, Chris. What did we change it to? Wait, say what now? We we changed the good wheel, so what did we change it to? We changed it. It's the good wheel. What do you want? Um, no, I mean, we, we put movies on it. We put new yeah, we put, movies we put on there. Movies. Okay. Good movies, good movies are as follows. Ah, screw it. We're just going to do the curiosity wheel. I don't care anymore. God damn it. I want you to do the fucking bad wheel. So. <laughs> <laughs> this has just been the weirdest ten minutes I've ever had. Chris being, like, lame today. Like... Oh, it's a journey. I feel like God. yes. Through like we went through like fifteen different personalities to Chris. So curiosity will, that's what you want. Damn, I don't know anymore. I don't know anymore. <laughs> Why did they bring up the okay, idea? Okay, so here's what I'm going to do, Chris. I'm going to solve this. Why don't you just read what's on each wheel and then tell me which wheel sounds interesting to you right now? Okay. All right. Okay. <sighs> Clarify what the... All right. Because I don't even think we've done that yet. We haven't even announced the uh, Curiosity Wheel. So, okay. Curiosity Wheel is as follows. This has been 10 minutes. This, is the, this was 10 minutes into our psyche. We talk about how we watched something crazy. That was crazy. And I love you guys. I love you. <laughs> Curiosity Will is as follows. Titan A.E., the last animated movie that Fox Animation made, um, Wanted, Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, Spaceballs. Love it. Citizen Kane, mm-hmm. The Maltese yeah. Falcon, yes, 
eternal sunshine oh, of the yeah. spotless mind. God, this is a curious wheel. The dark crystal. Yep. Apocalypse now. Oh, man. Book smart. That's right. I did pick that. Dread. We were going to do That's Dread, right. but we called an audible for Zach's sake. Bridge on the River Kwai. Oh, yeah. Surf's Up. <laughs> That's my own up to that. About Time. That's right. I picked that, too. All right. That's the Curiosity Wheel. The Good Wheel is as follows. Hold on, let me scroll. Looper. Um, Clueless. Yep. The Incredibles. Mm-hmm. The Fifth Element. That's still on there. Um, Hardcore Henry. Yep. That is still on there. Yep. Heat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Troll Hunter. Yep. Independence Day. Night. Surgeons. Um, Labyrinth. Yep. Gangs of New York. Yep. Paprika. That's yeah. your curiosity. Um, <clears throat> Night of the Hunter. Hunter probably should be on the on the curiosity too. In all honesty. But I switched for Surf's Up, Zach. I put Night of the Hunter on there. Oh man, The Rock, Argo, darn right, The Rock. Um, I'll go fuck yourself. <laughs> and oh, brother, where art thou? Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. I know. I I put that on there. The bad wheel is as follows. Ugh. Oh God. The Last Airbender. Yep. The Watcher. Yep. That's right. Oh, God. Now, that's boring. See? That's... Yeah. I can't wait for you to watch that. Of course, the holiday special. Um, the Wicker Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you... <laughs> that's right. Doom. Um, Master of Disguise. Ugh. Freddy got fingered. <laughs> I got that on there. Uh, I can't believe I got that. That was on. all you. That was all me. <laughs> oh, God. Bright. That should be a curiosity, honestly. Yeah, so right. we, don't know, we don't know how bad that movie is. Um, no more Max Lane. Oh, yeah. Uh, Dragon Ball Evolution. Oh, Jesus. Um... Howard the Duck. Really give a fuck. Hard ticket to Hawaii. I really want to see a Frisbee boy. Yeah. Um, Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. That one's all you, Zach. You're going to love that. Um, Rollerball. Yep. Oh, I picked... I love it. 
and Love on a Leash. Oh, you guys aren't ready for that. You aren't ready. That did not help at all. That makes me want that to do the That makes me want to do the battery. I wanted, I, actually, I wanted to do the curiosity wheel. But if we um, land on a boring I, one, I'm going to get pissed. Ah, ad. Bad ad. Bad. Okay. You gotta, we gotta decide. You gotta decide, man. Because I, that made me want to go curiosity more than anything. But like, if you want to go bad, go bad, bad to the bone. Listen, I already gave a fair shake last week too. Like, we skipped the curiosity wheel to do the bad wheel. We did. All right, we're gonna do the curiosity wheel. Just be fair to the curiosity wheel. Next week is a better opportunity to. Play Russian roulette, I would say. Yeah. Take a break. Yeah. <laughs> learn, learn to know what you use. We've been, we've been swimming in hell when you're like, doomed. You're like, you don't all deserve right. this world. You all deserve that. All right. Zach. That here's the deal. Yep. Here's the deal, Zach. Mm-hmm. This week we'll do the curiosity wheel. Next week we'll do the good wheel. <clears throat> And then we'll then I will probably do that like Russian roulette thing with the bad wheel. Four weeks left to go. Yes, you will have. That is four opportunities. Think about it. Four opportunities. Up like up to four opportunities to do to get it done. No, actually three because we had to do the predictions video. Not only are we trying to get the worst thing on the wheel, we'll be still watching bad movies on the wheel. So, like, I'm willing to bite that bullet. Because, like, again, Chris, we've been watching... Like, I can't imagine us going through the worst and then ending on that. Oh, that'd be great. Okay, so Curiosity Wheel. You guys ready? Yep. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Do you guys have replacements? Uh, mean Girls. I don't. I don't know what. Okay. Movie. I'll figure it out by the time we get there. Fair enough. I'll do the same. All right. Here we go. Okay. Dinner time. That is scary. I like to propose a toast. <laughs> <laughs> that was <gasps> Ooh. next week ladies and gentlemen on the master movie podcast we will be reviewing scott pilgrim versus the world exciting yes dude this is a fun movie it is a fun movie i guess i don't, know what, it is. I don't know what it is Oh God, Chris! Yes, dude. This is okay. This is what we needed. This is a palate cleanser. Boom! You want to talk about a movie that is packed full of in, like images and stuff and jokes every five minutes? Scott Pilgrim is the opposite of boring. So like, so this is my this is the last three like story things that I've consumed. Joker, which is just downright exhausting and taxing on an emotional level. Modern Warfare, which is just bleak. And then Fantastic, which is just awful. 
And now I get Scott Pilgrim versus the mother effing world. Dude, yeah, dude, yeah. That's actually great, man. You never it. seen it. I've been told it's oh. good. So great. now we're going to find out how good it is. Let, let me just tell you, Chris. Hey, man. Chris, I will go to a video game convention every year. And one of the events that has never changed in the 10 years they've done this is the sing-along quote along of viewing of Scott Pilgrim versus the world. It is that wonderful. Okay. I'm still sticking with Mean Girls to replace it. I just want to give you an idea here, Chris. Okay. They have a super powered vegan who's busted for not being a vegan because he had half and half coffee and cheated. Nice. It's the most simple weakest joke of the movie in my opinion but it's also delivered in the best way possible by having two famous actors come in and bust them and then when they're done they jump through a hole in the wall and then slap hands it's great it's great oh but i mean like i defy you chris to watch this movie next week and be like it was bad like also, it's a good also, time dude You're i don't think good. i'm gonna have a bad time with this movie also chris literally the cast is, and chris is like stacked the cast is stacked okay. Michael Sarah, be, Mary Elizabeth Winston, Chris Evans, Anna Kendrick, Brie Larson, Audrey Plaza. To Audrey be complete, Plaza. okay. It's unrealistic to say that I'm gonna hate it or anything like that. I don't think so. I think at worst, at absolute worst, it ends up not being my cup of tea, which I don't think is gonna happen. Or maybe the actual worst worst scenario is that I think it's underrated, or not underrated, but overrated, or something like that. Like I'm not, I don't think I'm gonna hate this. At worst, they're probably gonna think it's gonna be like overrated, but I think I'm gonna enjoy this movie. Chris, I so think here, let's not say I'm, I'm not gonna say, say I'm gonna hate it. I'm gonna say this, Chris. Um, there are movies when there are movies that like. Pulp Fiction, for example, is something that like will go down. It's like history because it changed things. And like you're, if you love films, you should love Pulp Fiction. Sure, I always stand by Pulp Fiction is a good time. And the more movies you watch, the better that movie gets. The great thing about Scott Pilgrim is, a, the more Edgar Wright movies you watch, the real more impressive that movie gets. But on top of that, the more games you play and the more you know about gaming, the better that movie gets. On top of that, the more you know about manga, the better that movie gets. Like, it's just, it understands its fans and is also made by one of the most detailed, specific comedy filmmakers of the last two years. It's like, also, every film he's Sarah, made, uh, amazing. I love it, dude. It's a good time. And he looks nerdy as shit. That's hilarious. All right. It's just, it, it. Like it's, I would. It'd be hard pressed for me that you would walk away with this with anything other than higher, with anything lower than a C would boggle my mind. Chris, I just wanna, I just wanna make this clear to you. Scott Pilgrim vs. the World was the first Edgar Wright movie I ever saw, and I don't regret right. that ever. So, have you guys thought of replacements then? Because I'm putting on Mean Girls if there's nothing being brought. Mm. You know what? Because I think, Chris, you're ready for this. And I I just, I want it on here. I haven't watched it in a while. And... Remember, this is the Curiosity Wheel. Wait, do we are we still doing the series, Will? 
I don't. Okay, I think we're not going to do it until after Rise of Skywalker. No, I understand that. Was the Cornetto trilogy still on there? Yes, it's on there. Isn't Scott Pilgrim part of the Cornetto trilogy? No. No, it's not. No. Fuck, right. Never mind. Even I, I know that. I, I'm, never mind. Then. I, I wanted to put Sean of the, I wanted to put Shaun of the Dead on there, but that's okay. I got something else. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I got something. I got something. Alex, you go first, but I got something. Okay, I've been sitting here, and I've been thinking, I've been racking my head around something, and I'm like, what's something that's violent and fun? Or what's something that's adventurous in action? But then I'm like, what's something that I think Chris would just genuinely like and would think was a good time? I think that you would enjoy a movie called Heart and Souls. Ever heard of this movie? No, and I'm not entirely sure you have either. It's my father's favorite movie. I see. It is okay. one of the many things. <laughs> I, He's listening to this. I should I probably shut that. my mouth. <laughs> no, you didn't know that. Um, okay. But it's from the 90s, and it is one of the many reasons why my father and I love Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. plays a guy who, when he's a very young kid. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I, okay. So. A bunch of people were in a bus. There's a bus accident. They die, but they don't die and go to heaven right away. They instead become the imaginary friends to a little kid. And four different people Stop in right the city. There. Stop right there. Please. Stop right I'm there. You, dude. Stop right there. I don't no, no, want to go anymore. I'm putting it on the wheel, dude. I'm putting it on the wheel. Okay. So let me finish. Let me finish. So they, go, they, they, they become the best friends of this little kid, the imaginary kid. Uh, Magic friends, this little kid, but they start in. They start wreaking havoc on his life accidentally. Like people, he thinks they're real because they're ghosts, and it starts damaging his life. So they decide to 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 not allow him to not allow him to see them anymore. So they disappear on him. But then they find out that to go to heaven, they needed him to finish their unfinished business. So as an adult, they come back to the kid's life and they tell him. He needs to finish their business for them to go to heaven. So the rest of the movie is the actors being portrayed by Robert Downey Jr. because the ghost can inhabit his body. So Robert Downey Jr. is acting like a woman or he's acting like this famous comedic actor or he's like all these other people as well as being Robert Downey Jr. It's incredibly good. It's warm-hearted. I, 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 it sounds ridiculous, but it's paid off so well. It's, it's just cheesy 90s. Love, lovable movie. I, really, I love it. I really wish uh, you hadn't told me all that. I really. Whatever you suggest, Zach, is going on the backlog because I don't know how you followed that up. I think, Chris. What was your Zach? It's time that you're ready you. for a sugary brunch served in an awkward and fun setting. Sugary brunch. Oh boy. Uh, a sugary brunch served in an awkward and fun setting. Don't say toys because we already tried that. Yeah, we did try that. <laughs> the Grand Budapest Hotel. Oh, that, oh my God! Did you just purr? <laughs> Uh, that was one of the most interesting <laughs> sounds I've ever heard you make in your life. 
because I wasn't there for I think your life. I know Alex never made a point. I think Chris is ready. I think Chris is ready for Wes Anderson. Well, I've seen Fantastic Mr. Good choice. Yes, but but I think you're ready for weird Wes Anderson, not just Wes Anderson having fun with puppets. I think you're ready for like real weird, fun, sugary, awkward Wes Anderson. God, I got to be honest. I like, I like adding that movie to the wheel. It's a really good movie. But I did say Heart and Souls, so I don't know. No, <laughs> listen, listen, listen. It's Heart and Souls because that's it. God damn it! Hey, I'm you're putting, gonna know why I'm Robert Downey Jr. I'm putting the, um, I'm putting that on the backlog though. Wes Anderson. God damn. It. I agree, but I, I kind of want him to see Rushmore, too. I kind of want him to watch a Wes Anderson movie that's, like, not Fantastic Mr. Fox. No, oh, I that, agree. I want him to see what was Rushmore, that, What was that dog? What was that dog movie? Island of Dogs? I, Isle, Isle of Dogs. Dogs. Yeah. Oh, Dogs are great. I saw that. Too. Pretty good, yeah. Uh, no, I think if Chris is going to watch, like, a new Wes Anderson movie, it should be, like, Moonrise Kingdom or Grand Budapest. Grand Budapest I'd pick over Moonrise. Grand Budapest was it it's a amazing movie. It's him at his peak. It's it's the best thing he's done since Rushmore. And that's it's saying something because both Royal Tenenbaums and Fantastic Mr. Fox uh, they have like uh, Right. Sorry. I mean I thought Isle of Dogs was fantastic. I, I yeah, I liked it. I liked Fox more, but like I yeah, I would pick Budapest over um, any of his later work, and I would pick Rushmore over any of his early work. Yeah. Okay. He's just got two. He's just got two masterpieces. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, we landed on Scott freaking Pilgrim. Yeah. Yes, we did. That was great. All right, so dude, I can't next wait. I can't wait. So next, you need next to watch time. Right now, dude. It's one a.m. I'm not doing that right now. All right, so dude, the rest of the recording needs to be you reacting to that movie right now. So next time, everybody, um, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Yes. And uh... just remember, guys. Later, everybody. Say goodbye, guys. Your... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Say goodbye, guys. Bye. Later.